Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, a podcast where we rewatch shows we really like and talk about how you might be able to use those characters, themes and concepts in different role playing games. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by my friend Meek who has been locked in overnight in a very upmarket uh, clothing fashion store in downtown New York. Yeah, living my best uh, Blair Waldorf dreams, breaking all the rules, uh, but burgeoning my way through a social ladder. So, you know. What is this? Do we actually find out what Blair's mother's uh, shop is named? I I do know that Blair's it's mother has Eleanor. A, it's just called Eleanor, is it? I think it's like Eleanor Designs or it's, it's not particularly creative. Well, no wonder she only gets into Blendles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but having said that, though, it's like there's a certain, it's like, you know, um, I'm trying to think, like Camilla is like an Australian version of that or like Lisa Ho or Alana Hill. Or, I have no idea any, what you are anything? talking Did about. anything? No idea. People in the comments. Kate Spade? Everyone write in the comments and try to explain to me about fashion because I have no, I am currently wearing a Mambo hoodie and a shirt from Zing. <laughs> so clearly my tastes when it comes to fashion are not exactly up there but obviously I, i'm going to start learning more about this because we are talking about the 2007 yeah. epic uh which is gossip girl mm-hmm. and this correct adjective it is it is it's only taken us a few episodes what to use epic mm-hmm. yeah things a lot of things could be epic the great fire of london was epic it doesn't mean that you want to <laughs> go over it again we are up to episode five of season one, which is Daredevil. It was directed by uh, Jamie Babbitt and written by Len K. Rosenfeld. This is the episode where Dan makes elaborate plans to impress Serena on their first official date. Jenny is invited to the infamous Blair Waldorf sleepover and finds herself on a high-stakes game of truth or dare. Lily discovers Eric missing from his treatment center and seeks help from her ex-boyfriend, Rufus. Oh, they've, they've labeled Rufus as the ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. He's officially in the Venn diagram or the like tree, relationship tree, I guess. Re- relationship timeline? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That timeline gets real woozy in a few seasons. I'm sure it, it gets does. real. <laughs> I'm sure there was a timeline that they just <laughs> threw out the soup. window. <laughs> yeah, Time is a weird soup. Time is a weird soup. Yeah. I get that reference now. So. Getting right into the episode, this starts with Blair planning her annual sleepover uh, because mm-hmm. this is when Nate is out of town. Her boyfriend, Nate. Um, yes. Played by Chase Crawford. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of the boys' fame. That's right. Uh, which means he is not going to be in this episode at all. Uh, and to me, yeah, this is a wonderful way of writing out a character. Uh, particularly a character for an RPG. If someone might, can't make your session, you just go, oh, they're off on a yacht. Yeah, they're just off attending to their yacht, yeah. as all, like, you know, hermit rogues might be. Just their family yacht uh, that they need to tend to. But there's lots of great things you can give excuses for. There's a lot of, like, uh, you know, clerics and stuff are good for going on, like, a little mini pilgrimage, or maybe there's, like, a, well, you know... They have to pray all day that day. It's always hard to match them up, though, if you travel. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Trying to think what else I've I've used when people have been away for a game. I tend to use sleep a lot, which I know is such a cop out. But like, <laughs> become yeah, you narcoleptic. just had a big night. Yeah, you just had a big night, and these guys thought you looked like you needed the rest, and so they just left you for the day. Because realistically, let's be honest, a D and D session is never is it's like 
three hours of one day. Yeah. So, and that's just them going shopping. So it usually it's much easier when they do go shopping because you just you can just say you found a really cool store. You didn't buy anything, but you were just there all day. You just really had yeah. a good time talking with the staff. Maybe you got a couple of drinks. You got some numbers. You've got a list of all the things you want to buy for next time that you'll never ever use, and you just throw it out once you get back to the base. <laughs> but you had a great day. Doesn't matter about the others. I did have one when I was running a Curse of Strahd. They were almost right in the middle of a battle, like they were just about to kick off a battle, and someone couldn't make it the next week. Uh, and basically, when they started up without this person there, I just said they're they're gone. They've just vanished entirely. And when they were able to come back the week after, after, you know, shenanigans, they try to find this person, they walk out of the house they were in and the person's just standing there like, where the hell have you guys been? To them, they just like, everyone said, we'll go back outside and suddenly they're back there. And it's just this weird, creepy mystery of, of Barovia, of weird shit happens. Mm. They're in a different plane of existence yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Is Barovia a different plane of existence? Yes. Is that how they define it? Oh. Yeah. I just assumed it was like, well, I guess this is probably like video games, right? When you can't get through to the part and the mists appear, it was just like that. It, it so kind I was of assuming is. it was just a part of land. But I guess technically it does make it, weird stuff does happen in Barovia. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my, that's why I love Barovia and all the, the horror stuff. You're like, we, and the Feywild too. You used to be like, weird shit happens. It, that's explained. Magic. Yay. Why? Yeah, because yeah. it does. Unfortunately, we nice. uh, people in Gossip Girl, you can't use that reason, but the yacht is a good excuse instead. Because it feels like unless you're Dan. I'd love to think that Nate has gone to Barovia. <laughs> uh, he would have just died instantly. Yeah, he would. No. Just walks I, through the mists and just. I like to, well, it depends if he's coming to or from Barovia, since you can't leave Barovia if you don't have a soul. And maybe he doesn't have a soul. Uh that explains so much. I, I think we've had this in a past episode. Hasn't Jenny not been in it because they sent her up the river to Hudson? Yeah. 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 It's They always seem to have these great excuses for this is why they're not in that episode. So Nate has a yacht. Yeah. Jenny has a mother in Hudson. Um, I assume mm -hmm. that, well, Dan has a mother yes. too, but we don't see him go there because Dan's important. I don't, I've just real. I'm just clocking something and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't believe Chuck is in this episode either i didn't notice but i don't think he would be either it is a very um but, but it's not explained that he's not there but no just as i'm thinking about it now i'm like i don't yeah well, at, i don't think chuck's in here either. at this point chuck is still kind of an attachment to nate mm. that's kind of every storyline also tending to his, his other yacht. they're both tending to their yachts you do that in air quotes and it makes it seem like they're just off fucking I mean, that's, that's... How do you do inverted quotes on a podcast? Is there like... How do you do italics on a podcast? I, I feel that you just do it with your voice. I'm and so that pretty mean. much summed it up. Like, I heard the inverted the inverted commas <laughs> without actually seeing them. <clears throat> right. Uh, so, uh, this, apparently, this sleepover that Blair is planning has been a tradition uh, since the year 2000, mm. which means it's a grand total of seven years. <laughs> It's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, and Blair's what, like 16? So it's been a tradition since she was nine years old. This is yeah. a, a. You don't have an annual sleepover tradition? I don't. I don't, unfortunately. 
Uh, this is something I've that been missing out. Certainly not since I was nine years old. <laughs> I think though, did you have sleepovers as a kid? I did. Like, yeah. was that a, were they land parties? Because I feel like there's a difference between like, again, girls sleepovers and boys sleepovers, not to like, you know, make it so black and white. My, but there are different themes. My sleepovers predate land parties because I'm old. <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of video games. It was more Super Nintendo and uh, Sega Mega Drive. But yeah, that was the the gist of it. You would play video games all night. And then it, it, well, well, there was an amazing, it wasn't so much a sleepover as it was a movie marathon uh, that became a sleepover. Mm. And the idea was that everyone put in 20 bucks, which paid for video rental and food and things like that. And there was a little bit left over to get a trophy because it became an endurance oh. an endurance uh, feat because we put a movie on. We started at 2 p.m. on a Friday because it was school holidays. We watched the yeah. movie. No one can leave the room or fall asleep. That's the rule. While the movie is playing, you cannot okay. leave. After the movie finishes, we have 20 minutes where you can go to the bathroom, you can grab a nap, you can do whatever you want. Then the next movie starts. And we just kept going oh. until one person was left standing. And if you fell asleep, that's fine. You're out. You can do whatever you want. You can stick around for later movies and just enjoy them, or you can go home, whatever you wanted to do. People can come in and out if they don't want to take parts. They don't have to put money in. It was interesting because all we only got to choose one movie each to go into this marathon, and they were all pulled out of a hat oh. just before we started uh, started playing. And was there game plays? Like, were there people choosing, like, I'm trying to think of a really boring movie off the top of my head. Titanic like- was on there. Oh, um, yeah. It, it Look, wasn't so uh, much that it was boring. Mm, it was just it's, it's three and a half hours. It's long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would put on Lord of the Rings. That would be on my list if I was trying to game the system, but I know that that's a, that's a very device. <laughs> that would have been good. This was actually pre Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I, I was going to, my follow up question was going to be did you win a trophy? I but did I think not. I passed out about 4 a.m. Uh, after. That's solid effort. Fell out of my chair. Uh, during the wait, well, there was also a um, a car horn or basically an air horn that we had for when someone <laughs> did fall asleep and we could just blow it when they go out. And I remember the horn and I remember slapping it out of someone's hand and going back to sleep. Great. Great. That- See, that's what a sleepover is, right? Uh, I'm assuming that Blair Waldorf's, we, we can assume that Blair Waldorf's party. No, I feel that it's not going to be there that. no air horns. Well, I don't know. I feel that Blair could have brought an air horn in. That would have been something that she might have done. But according to her, I mean, it's apparently dresses and truffles and makeup, according to Gossip Girl. Uh, yes. Giving us our little voice. Yeah, that's what all, this. that's ex- absolutely what all, what all girl sleepovers are. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with that. Uh, I like truffles. Not so much the dresses it's, and the makeup. It's, it's, but I mean, some nail polish wouldn't be go astray. <laughs> I could do with a, a medicure, medicure, a manicure, a medicure you know is what I'm going with. <laughs> but I, like when this came out in 2000, whenever it was, so I watched it probably, when I watched this show maybe like a year after it first came out because for a year I was, you know, in denial that I was going to like it and then I fell in love. But like when I first remember watching this, this is like, it literally was like the dream you know, like sleepover. Like it's like nothing I'd ever, I was very much little Jay coming into this yeah. sleepover when you see her come in a second with her little pillowcase with stuff in it. But the kids I teach today, these are their sleepovers. Like I honestly have kids, they, they rock up and they've got these like little air mattresses that are all made with beds set up. Like 
in the thing and they've all got little packs. They get little spa packs now when you go. Wow. They're like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ridiculous. That, it's amazing. That's not my experience with sleepovers at all. You have a sleeping no. bag, you have a pillow, and mm. I'm, I, I feel that there's the whole putting hand in warm water like prank that people play. I've never had that happen to myself. Doesn't that still happen? I don't know. No, Obviously not of the ones you've got. Air mattresses don't seem like they'd have. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's the setup yeah. for this episode. The other uh, setup is yes. that Dan is taking Serena on a date. Uh, the mm. the date, in fact, it's going to be has, yeah. must be the perfect the official date. date. Uh, and he is destroying mm-hmm. his piggy bank to to fund it, which is really sad. Yeah. I mean, there's a nice little metaphor in there about the fact that he's, you know, destroying what, you know, innocence of his youth is left to come into the world of the Upper East Side. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's very poetic in, in that in that respect. Yeah. But this is like the cutest because I love I'm such a sucker for this trope that we're gonna see unfold. The destroying of a piggy bank? Or is this a le- one no. later on? <laughs> Because I've seen... The, the first date trope. Oh, okay. The first date okay. trope. The destruction of a piggy... Well, see, is it the first date? Because I thought the first date was when he went to see... Oh, I was going to say when they went and saw Rufus's band, but they didn't actually see the band. So that doesn't count as a date. No. Yeah, well, it kind of got upheaval because he had to go and save his sister. Yeah, which is becoming a theme with um, mm. with Dan and uh, Jenny. Maybe... I feel that... It, I don't mm. like to victim blame... But Jenny does seem to get herself into a number of situations where she needs rescuing. And it's usually by poor choices on her part and things that could have been avoided. Uh, I probably, this is the one where I get cancelled for yeah. saying that about regular McJoshua. <laughs> I mean, she's 15. We all make um, But also, on the 15. flip side of that, I think Dan likes being the hero too. Oh, most definitely. Dan is up in somebody's okay. faces the moment he gets a chance. We saw that at the brunch. Yeah. It's like so as like, soon as you know. as soon as Chuck said something about Jenny, he's all like, "Yep, I'm just going to throw you around, punch you if I could." It just this is what Dan Dan likes doing. This is how well. There's a lot of things that Dan likes doing. Yeah. Uh, he also likes to talk about. Well, he's talking to Rufus because uh, he's at the gallery as mm. he's smashing this piggy bank, and he's wondering whether Rufus is going to deposit the check for that um, that he got for selling. Selling the painting, painting. to Lily, uh, and Rufus mm. was like, "Not going to say anything. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. just going to, not say anything about it because that'll work." <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. if I don't if I pretend it didn't happen, that it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, Rufus. Classic. Oh, Rufus. Good adulting. Solid adulting, Rufus. Yeah. And Dan is very aware that this is a big deal, and maybe you should tell Dan's mother. We don't think we know her name yet, but let's just say it because it's confusing. It's Allison. No. Um, and yeah. says you should tell her that, you know, her painting sold because she's going to, and who sold it to? Because uh, she doesn't like surprises. And he makes the point that at his mother's 30th, she didn't like the surprise with the llama and the, um, the clown and the llama, which makes me wonder maybe this is me having old parents since I'm old. Dan, remember, Dan was there for his mother's 30th birthday. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm just doing the math in my head. So he'd have to be like, what, at least six or seven to kind of remember that. Yeah. And that he's, means, I mean, it's 23, so, 22, 23. I guess that's not crazy. Yeah, um, but then hang on. what? He's 17 now. Yeah. And. Yeah, that checks out. Mm. 
Because that would make, if, if his mum was, say, like 22, 23, he's 17, so that makes her like 40, which makes Rufus, you know, maybe about that same-ish age. Yeah, I think Rufus is supposed to be about 38 or so. Matthew Settle is about 38, 39. So that kind of tracks, but it's still, it's odd to me that just Dan's, Dan registers, or the fact that they are that young, given that um, Rufus seems yeah. to have had a bit of a past. Like, yeah. were they bringing Dan around on tour as a toddler? Or did he give a big hit when he was 18 and he was a nobody five years later? I reckon that one. I reckon he was like, got like famous young, did the rounds, met some chicks, and then, you know, settled down. Yeah, it seems like he met a lot on. of chicks. He certainly met uh, Lily. Yeah. Lily. Yeah, there's that'll be a comment for another day, I think. So <laughs> I like that. Um, is this the part of the trope that you really like? Because this first date thing, I mean, it's a huge deal for Dan, obviously, since he's yes. breaking the piggy bank for yes. it. And at school, yeah. Serena actually goes and finds Jenny McGurchin Waffles to say, What's he doing on the date? I need to know, how do I dress? Do I dress in jeans? Do I dress in fancy clothes? What do I do? It's like, this is a huge deal for her as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just love, because, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart. And like the the one, you know, I love having a long-term partner. It's great. But you'd never have any more first dates. Like, that's done now for, for me. And, you know, so I love living vicariously, and especially as a teenager. Like, do you remember your first date? Like no, first honestly. like ever. Oh wait, I do, I do. I went and saw uh, "She's All That." <laughs> great, great, amazing cinematic choice. Uh, excuse me, that "She's All That" so is a beautiful. fucking amazing film. Oh, I'm not dissing it at all. I just think knowing knowing that you know, your studies of like film and stuff moving forward, I love that that is the film that is in such a key important moment i need to check that now it might have been 10 things oh still very classic i love it either way they were both out the same year so it was one or the other uh i i was so was a classic dinner and movie uh i don't know if there was a dinner i think it was just the movie um, and yeah. honestly, I was dating a couple of people that year, so it may have been one first oh, date. Oh, sorry, sorry. Some of us can't keep tracks. We had so many, you know, so many dates to go on, Jeremy. It sorry. was twenty-two years ago. I feel I've got a a bit of a um, free pass on that one. It may have been that one first date was she's all that, and another date was um, uh, <laughs> was ten things. Oh had multiple dates in a year i get it i hear you jeez don't need to rub it in yeah i know some of us only had one date uh uh and i see i i hate first dates honestly really yeah i loathe them it's (gasps) i mean we could get into the whole the idea of first dates and first sessions of rpgs but um yeah the reason i dis it's very well they're very similar the reason i dislike first dates is kind of why you said you like them because they are this this big thing that you only get the first date once and i'm like i go no no you get the first time you go out to dinner and then you get the first time you go to a movie and then you get the first time you go hiking together and the first time you go bowling together so you get multiple first dates with one person Oh, well, it's good to know I still have a first hike coming for me 11 years, no, however many years later. 
Uh, good to know I still have some things to hold on There's to. There's always a first. But, like... <laughs> there is always a first time for everything. That's 100% correct. Maybe I'm just a, um, a hopelessly optimistic rather than a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But no, I just, I'm such a sucker for these, like all those teen first dates. Cause I, this is what I see. I didn't have a first date in high school, right? right? I was out of high school by the time I had a date. So this is all I wanted in high school. So getting to live vicariously through other people is the best. That's, that's fair. And <laughs> Serena, well, here's the, this is why the date is so important for Serena. She's giving up going to Blair's sleepover uh, for, mm. for the date. And not only that, Eric's getting to come home this weekend. He's being released from the center for, you know, just the weekend. But she doesn't want to be, she's like, this will be perfect because you can spend some time with Lily and reconnect with their mother and I'll be out of the way so it won't be awkward and I won't won't be just hogging the limelight as she tends to go. <laughs> yes. As her, like, streaming spotlight of golden hair seems to miraculously make her the centre of everything. I don't think it's even the streaming. It's more like it's, she's flypaper for for drama. Just everything revolves oh, around Serena yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And Yeah, she's... Is it an, an enigma? Am I using that word correctly? An enigma. She's an enigma? I mean, like she kind no. of is. We don't know too much about her past, so she's sort of an enigma. She's certainly an no, epicentre. I, I thought then. Maybe. Yeah. She, she's a magnet. There's a lot of things. Uh, although we do, actually speaking of her past, we do get a sense of what she used to be like um, because Blair mentions, well, that the, the sleepover was where she got drunk and mooned the M- NYU dorms on a previous occasion. Yeah. Which, again, it's like, yeah. really? This is apparently yeah. what you do at a sleepover when you're 16? Okay. From a limo, it's it's like it's a classy way to moon the Emma and the <laughs> Doms. Yeah. Either way, she's not going, so Blair has to go to her backup, no. uh, which is Jenny. <laughs> yes. This is little Jay's time to shine. She's been waiting in the sidelines, doing her calligraphy. This is her big debut. Well, I don't think she knows exactly what um what goes on at these these sleepovers. No. I mean, despite the fact that Blair's no. just mentioned about mooning the NYU dorms. Yeah. Uh, as Blair actually says, uh, that they're up to more than just sleeping. Uh, this is, again, very easily playing into my theory that Blair is trying to seduce Jenny and make her her, her new love interest when Nate's out of town. Uh, because I'm pretty certain that Jenny responds, I'm up for anything. And there's a look that Blair gets like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> She's 15. Yeah. Oh. Again, look, I, I can't I can't only speak for previous experience of my own sleepovers, and that is that I, you know, what happens at a sleepover stays at a sleepover. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's how it should be. Yeah. It's like Vegas. Vegas is the biggest, the world's yeah. biggest sleepover, it seems. Oh, imagine a Gossip Girl episode set in Vegas. God, that'd be amazing. That would actually Just be pretty good. put all these 16-year-olds, chuck them over there for, for like a, a weekend. They, imagine Chuck Bass in Vegas. They would be the worst in Vegas. Vegas is not for them. Monte Carlo is for them. Yeah. Yeah, true. they don't, true, they don't actually, go to Actually, that's Vegas. 100% true. Yeah. They don't go to Vegas. They go to Reno now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of go to Reno. They, um... <laughs> 
it's it's interesting that we mentioned Vegas and betting because that's what Blair's little posse, her friends, are two people who have never seen before and never mm. will see again, start to take bets on mm. how long Jenny will last at this sleepover. Which yeah. I'm wondering, are they expecting her to just like leave in tears? Is Blair that mean? I, or is she just going to be drunk? Uh, or mm. I don't know. I think it's a little bit like the Mean Girls. You know, like how Regina buys you know ridiculous clothes for Katie to like try and like prove that she's not got one of them. I think it's the same thing. Blair's like, yeah, you can come to our sleepover, knowing that like she'll probably bail out as soon as they do anything too naughty or too like risque. Right. Jenny, it's so far like she's in the choir. She's in the a cappella choir for God's sake. Like she's like she's the good girl. The pinnacle of yeah, exactly. And she's poor. Um, yes, well that too. Yeah, hundred percent. She can't afford to. Maybe she's allergic to truffles. Yeah. Because if you don't have money, you, ha- you haven't built up that tolerance. So essentially it's just a exercise in peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And power and stupid teen power, teen girl power. Okay. And Blair is an expert at all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, from there, we discovered that while, well, it seemed like something was actually going to go right for Eric for once, uh, that he was going to be allowed yeah. home on a weekend. And no, he's not. Uh, Lily has declared that while you can come home, maybe you shouldn't. And yeah. fucking hell, Lily. Like, what the hell? Like, what is her... Pro- I, you know yeah. what I reckon it is? I think she just wants to fuck Bart Bass in the apartment. <laughs> it's like not having the kids around has been great. Having Eric in an institution. Serena's always wandering somewhere. So, well, Serena's just on the streets. Yeah. She's like, she's fine. Between Blair and Dan, I knew she's fine. Uh, look, I mean, we've talked about this before about the questionable parenting of a lot of these Upper East Side parents. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's more boils down to still face. I don't think Lily's ready to really face the music of having people start to really think about where he's been yeah. and ask too many questions about. Because it was in Miami, Florida. Miami, yeah. Miami. Miami, supposedly. So, yeah, where they said he went where he said he's been so i don't know she's i mean again like you said she's not being a great parent um she's definitely not being a great any sort of supportive network for somebody who has had a suicide attempt uh but it feels okay here is where i first start to mention the oc the superior show that there is a storyline very much like this involving marissa cooper and her mother julie cooper where she is put into an institution or they put her in hospital because there was an overdose and like, okay, cool. You're going to stay here. And then we're going to put you in institution. And there's this whole rescue to get her out of that. And basically Lily is playing that same role almost to the letter. And it's like, it worked because that was an incredibly controlling and non-understanding parent. Whereas Lily we've seen is different. Lily has these mm. moments and she just kind of seesaws back and forth depending on what the plot requires. Yeah. It's like we can't make Lily a villain because we need Lily to be likable for Rufus. And it's this whole thing. It's, yeah. So when you're making an RPG, make sure your villain has clear motivations and doesn't suddenly just flip-flop at a whim because you need them to be over here <laughs> suddenly on a different week. Solid advice. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lily's not a villain. Is Marissa's, because I'm not familiar with this. Was it the OC? Yes. I'm not familiar with this program. Is Marissa. Is oh, my God. <laughs> I, you can't even keep a straight face while you're saying that. Uh, 
Is Marissa's mum like an actual villain in the series? She's an antagonist for the first half of the first season. And she's right. certainly... So that she's kind of set up for the... Yeah, she's manipulative. Like a la and, Eleanor? Uh, yeah, more like Eleanor. Okay. Okay. She's definitely an antagonist for the, the main characters for a little while, and then she becomes more of a heroic person. Um, because, spoilers, Marissa dies and no one liked her, so her mother takes over the reins of being awesome. Oh. Wait, isn't Marissa the main character? So they say. I would I would argue, once we get onto the OCs on a completely separate podcast, that uh, Ryan is the main character. And, oh. yeah, there's a whole thing. But we, we're not talking about Great. that. We are talking about a somewhat no, inferior show that Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Great. Savage went on to yeah. after the OC finished uh, untimely. Yeah, when they'd made their early. mistakes and learned from things, they made something beautiful and truly perfect. Got it. Sure. Go go ahead. Sorry, where were we up to, Jeremy? Oh, what was the next we scene? were up to the part where Dan goes and picks Serena up from the hotel. This. Okay. This I love. He's in his little suit yep. and his little tie. Because he's dressed like a rich man. <laughs> no, he thinks he's... <laughs> no, you have to stop there. I have to pay rights. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I like this as well. There, He shows up in the suit and Serena's just like, I am significantly underdressed for whatever you have planned. Yeah. Because uh, she is prepared for the Dan that she knows, yeah. which is a rustic, poor Brooklyn boy. Yeah. And what she's enjoyed being you know. around him for. Like they went to yeah. went to a club or they went to a bar to see a show. They went to a little cafe, a diner or something and grabbed a snack. It's like, this is what they do. Yeah. They don't do the, all the things yeah. because it's boring for her. Yes. Uh, but, but Dan doesn't know that at this stage. No, he's trying to impress her. Oh, he hasn't put her. that together. Yeah. Mm. And he, well, she has to then go get changed, uh, which they had the conversation. How do you feel about this as a trope? This not eavesdropping, mm. but the conversation through a door because we've seen it a couple of times with them. In the last episode, she's getting changed and he's kind of standing beside the screen talking to her as well. It feels very anime to me, where there's kind of the oh, yeah. glances yeah, through and that. you can see her getting changed into a little bit of, oh, I'm not supposed to be peeking, but I am. And yeah, the, the fact that she leaves the door quite wide open. Like, it's, it's not a jar, it's half open. Yeah. I think that's a serene thing. Like, like, she's done photo shoots before. Like, we obviously saw her last, like, in the last episode doing a full-on fashion shoot, but she's absolutely modelled before and been involved in things. And I think as well, like, girls like that are just so comfortable with, like, you know, just taking stuff on yeah. all the time. They'd be the girls at the PE change room who are just super happy to just, you know, get changed without anything. Uh, whereas I definitely feel like Dan is the one that, like, when he gets changed for PE, he goes into the toilet cubicle and, like, clocks, like locks it and then gets changed. Like, I don't feel like Dan Humphreys is just ripping it off amongst everyone else. I would not be surprised if Dan Humphreys was a never nude. But I think... Is Dan Humphreys a <laughs> I guess Serena will find out. And yeah, I think this is a good, actually, element of the fact that they're not connecting at the moment, that they're on different yeah. different levels, that Dan is like, oh, no, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a sin to be watching her get changed. And Serena just does not give a fuck. It's like, I'm, I'm getting no. changed. It's a bathing suit. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to be in a dress yeah. in a second. Yeah. Um, but what I yeah, for sure. I really love that he does take a peek because 
he's a teen boy. Why wouldn't you? And that's the yeah. moment that Lily comes home. Yeah. And of course, catches Beautiful. him. See, like staring. It's Amazing. that moment in um, "There's Something About Mary" with the with the change. Yes. <laughs> Except, I less less gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, like for teenagers that they can show on you know commercial TV uh, at a, at a certain time slot. Yeah, but Lily, this is like this is also very like you know cliche as well but the fact that the mum just happens to walk in at the exact moment that he's in a like compromising position oh yeah with her daughter who's you know does lily actually think her daughter is i think lily knows that her daughter is not you know completely uh what's the word i want to use without yeah innocent great Great. Yeah, that's much better than all the other phrases that were popping into my head. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't think like Lily knows. Lily is very aware of what Serena has done in the past. She's seen yeah. all the um, the school reports and the the problems and the police uh, <laughs> the police scanner. I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I don't think it's about that. I think it's more it's more about Dan doing it that she's seen Dan. Like she's already a little bit on the, the on the fence about Dan in the first place. Like she mm. doesn't really approve, but she's not going to get in the way. No. And yeah. seriously, the way Dan talks to her at the moment is um this is an adult, Dan. You respect your elders. You do not talk to them in this <laughs> format that you were doing. I'm like, get the you're a 17-year-old boy, so some fucking respect to the girl, to the mother of the girl that you're yeah. trying to sleep with. It's like you But that's because Rufus treats him like a best friend. Like him and Rufus are like Rufus is like, oh mate, we're you know, we're equals. It's true. My son. I he does uh, this is the problem with casting people who are a little bit older than the people they're playing. It feels like Dan mm. and Rufus are brothers. Like Dan's just a, yeah. a younger or, brother. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that totally. that tracks. Totally see that. Uh and Dan does not I guess um Dan doesn't present himself very well he does his little babble thing that i only just realized he does Mm -hmm. he does it a couple of times beforehand Mm -hmm. but i just thought it was dan being wordy and and pretentious and it turns out it's just what he does when he's nervous it's nerves yeah dan does serena know you're here yeah of course yeah she let me in at least i hope that was her she's about uh yay tall very blonde it makes jokes cute big shopping day I had a lot on my mind. So, where are you taking my daughter tonight? I, I don't know. Thought maybe we'd do a walking tour of New York Underground, visit my friends, the mole people. They're great, except they only ever eat leftovers. I'm sorry, I don't know why I just said any of that. I have, I have this thing, this nervous tick, where I don't ever stop speaking, like, ever. In fact, when I was a little boy, my mom used to say there was never a word I met that I didn't like. You know what else I like? Your daughter. I, I really like your daughter. Uh, he's a word vomiter <laughs> what's the phrase never met a word i didn't like and he kind of goes through all, like it's a nervous tick and he's saying all these things yeah and i'm wondering is this is this high charisma and low wisdom because he does have kind of a charm about him because everyone seems to like him for some reason except chuck for very good reason or is it <laughs> is it high wisdom and low charisma or high intelligence low wisdom because he seems to be pretty smart too and he definitely has low something. <laughs> uh, low, low strength, first of all, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like Dan is swole in any way, shape or form. Except his big brain. Oh, that's so interesting, though, about the whiz charisma, though, because I honestly could see it going 
I think I'm going to say low wisdom, high charisma, only because the fact that I feel like if he was high wisdom, he would have been able to pick up on the fact that Serena, for example, in this episode, liked all the grungy Brooklyn things. Yeah. And like, and there's other things. Oh, I was just trying to think like of another example that isn't ahead. Like, yeah, I feel like his wisdom is higher. Like knowing that, you know, Jenny was in trouble and kind of dealing with that, knowing... Just little things like that, being able to put pieces together. Wait, you're saying his wisdom so is high, charisma low? low charisma? Yeah, charisma is low, okay. I think. Yeah, I guess that tracks, because he's not great at talking to people. But Although, no, maybe not. Oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe, I've talked myself out of it in, in, in that sentence. Maybe he just rolls really badly, and he's just average in both. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just completely flat across the board. Uh, he's chosen human. Uh, he's taken like what, what's the what's the most boring feat you can take? Uh, None. Uh, you don't have to take it at all. You just add one luck? to. He just takes. Yeah, luck? he takes luck. Oh yeah, you just take one. Oh. Um. I, I yeah. feel he's got a little bit yeah. below average wisdom because he just has no empathy. Yeah. Well, he, has, he tries to have empathy. He has the performative elements of empathy, mm. but the fact that he is gossip girl as well. <laughs> That's means right. that he's a fucking I sociopath. I Wait, spoilers. You didn't spoiler-proof this one. I didn't. Oh, my God. Spoilers All right. well, doesn't... for the people at home. Oh, my God. Well, it doesn't come into play in this episode. It doesn't really make much of a... Oh, fuck it. Play the jingle anyway. Well, let me tell you a bit about a guy called Dan. Got a crush on Serena Vanderwood saying still he'll spread rumors about it any way he can. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Well, don't know if you heard, but Dan is poor. He hangs around the rich kid, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. But that ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, wouldn't hurt a dove, but he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan, he's a Gossip Girl. So Serena is finally ready for the date. Um, yeah. and Lily makes a comment saying, look, the trip bag you had picked out went with the, the dressing down that you had for, for Brooklyn. Um, but this upmarket skirt you have, no, no, just take my bag. That will work. Uh, I think she says the name. Yeah. She probably name drops which one it is, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, I have to say, I didn't, I didn't take note. I'd have to go back and, and watch it closely. It wasn't, it wasn't any, it wasn't anything that I'd noticed as like a signature. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. And also, can I, I also point out, Lily has, I mean, this comes out in future episodes. Lily's taste is, well, I would argue not great. So she has a lot of very tacky cliche pieces that scream money, but aren't necessarily, I would argue fashion forward. Yeah. But come at me about that. No, I think that's probably fair um, that Lily is all about appearance. That this is a lot mm. of her choices are mm. made because she needs to appear a certain way. Mm. I mean, she chose to move them into a hotel because she didn't like the the color of the walls at the apartment that they apparently yes. owned. Yeah. And well, again, appearance. There's exactly why Eric hasn't come with her uh, because she wants to 
make it seem like he's still in Miami, apparently. <laughs> he came back for the, yeah. the Ivy week and now he's gone again, um, which yeah. doesn't really make sense. But Serena does wonder where he is as well. Uh, Lily's just like, Lily rolls poorly on her deception rolls too. And it's like, oh no, he's just tired. He decided not to come home. And Serena's like, that's fucking bullshit. That is some yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Inside check, Lily. Yeah, bam. Inside check. <laughs> uh, you don't yell inside check at an NPC's face. You're not doing it right. That's right. That's right. And Lily kind of brushes her off and look, you're on a date. This is not the time to talk about this. Clearly the decision has been made, so we'll do it later. And here's your curfew of 1 a.m. as you should have when you're in the biggest city in the world and going out at 17. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, these. I mean, for for all we've you known naffed about these parents and their and their shitty parenting abilities, I tell you what, they've got trust in the spades. Yeah, they trust their kids so much. Should they though? Uh, oh no, one hundred percent no. Uh, but they do, so I guess that's something. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, they do they do communicate with the kids a lot, but they are also a little bit more domineering. And do say, look, this is my mm. way, and we've communicated. I've communicated what I want from you, and if you don't do it, then you will be punished. It's like that's just what's yeah. going to happen. Um, but they're not taking mm. into account what the kids need. But they're they're very clear about what is going to occur and why it will occur, uh, which is not so great with Dan. Obviously, with his communication skills, he could have given Serena a warning. I feel that this is really the point of it that he wants it to be this perfect date. But he doesn't actually ask mm. her what the perfect date would be. They're just like, I assume you want this because that is all the things that you want. So when he show when they show up outside, yeah. when they show, oh, this I love this. The, she sees this Vespa sitting beside the thing, and she has this whole thing like, oh my god, how did you know that I wanted a Vespa and going around Italy? Was it Italy? I don't know. You know this scene better than I yeah. do. I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, she, her thing is that yeah, she always wanted to go on one. Uh, she's been on one before. It's like super, you know, rustic. And then there's this, this beautiful moment. You look at Dan's face because then there's this moment where he looks over where he's used his piggy. Again, I want to talk about how much money's in the piggy bank. The fact that he's booked a limo, first of all, because I know Australian rates, you're looking at $210 an hour for one of those suckers here. So presuming he's hired it for the night, just get an Uber, Dan. You don't need to impress her with a limo, but, but he has. Uh, yeah, and uh, and there's this beautiful moment where he kind of goes from being like super proud to realizing he's made his first mistake of the night, oh, yeah. and then Serena does the classic thing that you do on a first date when you know you're kind of into the guy and they do something that you think is not cool, and you're like, oh great, no, I mean I, amazing, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, the first lie of the relationship is told. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is another reason I don't like first dates. It's where the, the, lie. the lies start. It happens to every guy. I mean, one could argue then if you just never date anyone, then you never lie. Therefore, that's that's you know. true. But then I do like this. But, it is that know. that right element. They keep the the little speech that that Serena's go, giving going long enough that you can really feel the embarrassment starting to seep into Dan and just that realization. Oh, I done goofed. I mean, the fact that Gossip yeah. Girl even has a little little voiceover for it and and says like good which means it's dan's internal yeah. monologue yeah it also means that gossip girl is reporting on this 
Well, yeah. 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 So that means Dan has taken time out of his night after the date, presumably. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he's not live streaming this or like live up at dating it. I wonder. I wonder. So clever how they. It's so clever how they did this in this program, Jeremy. Here's why it's so (laughs) clever that they did this because that really makes you think about this boy. It's making him far more of a three dimensional character who reflects on his behaviors and then he's happy to share that learning with others. Doesn't that just make you like Dan more? No, it really doesn't. It makes me like him less because of some of the things that he's done so far and some of the things he says about people. And I wonder whether he would actually have reported on I feel that if this is Gossip Girl saying, oh, Serena Vanderwoodson and Lonely Boy seen and seen in this, somebody else spotted them out. And he like got a tip mm. saying, oh, I've got photos of Serena on a date. And he's like, shit, i got to report on this now. People will figure out that I'm Gossip Girl because everyone seems to be really caring right now. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's even mentioned Gossip Girl in like four episodes. Uh, not since... Not since the first episode where it was established that it was no. a gossip girl. I don't think there's been a blast yet. That's true. Yeah, it has all just kind of been setting the scene for the for the end of the season. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of where, well, I like that both Humphreys have a um, that moment of realisation in these, these scenes back to back that Dan realises, shit, I done goofed. And Jenny arrives at the sleepover and she's got her little pyjamas and she's got her sleeping bag and it's so adorable. And this is, there's like, like you said, there's air mattresses. It looks like a Japanese, like a hot springs um, hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the tatami, like mats. And everything's like luxurious. There's trays out. There's manicurists. There's, again, I've not ever experienced this in my life. But the kids today do. Like it's a thing. You can hire this for kids sleepovers now. All right. Well, I guess probably inspired by the trend-setting Gossip Girl. I would not doubt if that's actually it was such an influential piece. That's exactly what probably happened. That um, the parents of the kids who are now <laughs> now having these sleepovers watched Gossip oh, Girl. Actually, if I was to choose to have a child, I'm not going to lie. I probably would do it. Actually, you know, even to be more honest, I have actually looked into hiring one of these things for my girlfriend. You're talking about the, like, the sleepover, not the child at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sleepover. So, look, yeah, it probably is. It's probably, blame the millennials. Sure. Well, I'll take that one. I'll take that hit for the for our generation. Sure, sure. My bad. Our bad. Well, here's another thing that's not quite great. It is bad. Um, Gossip Girl's got a little voiceover about Jenny's realization as well. I think she says, the faster you rise, the faster you fall. And it's like, Dan, that's your sister. Be nice to your little sister, yeah. you fucking jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But again, clever because maybe this is, because maybe, De- here we go, here we go. All Here's right. how I can explain right. it. Dan got a feeling that Jenny was starting to cotton on to the fact that he was gossip girl, but because they have such a close knit relationship, he knew that if he blasted her something a little bit negative, she'd be like, well, it couldn't possibly be my dear brother who loves me so much. Therefore. Okay. It's not you, Dan. Wow. That's not manipulative. That's what the script writers were thinking. No. Well, I mean, it's self-preservation, but it's not terrible. A little terrible. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world that he's done. Oh. 
Well, you know what? He gets his comeuppance pretty much in the next scene where they're at this very fancy oh. restaurant. I'm sure you oh love this gosh. scene. I quite enjoy it too. I love this scene. I particularly like it. I love this scene. <laughs> As he's going through the menu and I love that he can't oh, pronounce. And mispronouncing yeah, stuff. He, so he can't pronounce Lapin. Um, I probably mispronounced so it, honestly. Good. I'll get some, some messages from my French friends. Um, Lapin? Yeah. Lapin. Lapin. Yeah, because it's, it's the Lapin Agile, uh, the frisky rabbit. Again, have you not been in this situation? I see, I feel like, have you not been the, like trying to impress someone so desperately that you're just out of your depth? No. And you're just trying to. Oh, my God. Okay, here's a fun story. I, I feel like I need to add context. Okay, so I took a whole day. So when I first was a falling out student, we like attendance was a huge part of being there. And I literally took a sick day, which was a huge deal because we only got like two of them a semester or something stupid, uh, to teach myself how to make sushi for a guy that I was having a first date with that night. And I went out with my student money and I bought like a sushi mat and I went and bought seaweed and I like watched YouTube videos all day and I made sushi for this guy because in my head I suddenly decided that that's exactly what he wanted to do for me to prove my affection. And then he got to my house and I found out that he was allergic to something that was in the sushi <laughs> and it was a completely wasted day. Completely wasted. That's a like I must have spent eight hours making hand roll sushi for this guy. But how great is that story? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Considering we we then had I think one more follow up date. Okay. But like, yeah, this is I guess this is why these this episode in particular I just feel so much for Dan because I would a hundred percent have been if I had met someone that I thought was above my stature and I got on a date with them and I was organising it I would have a hundred percent done the same, hundred percent taken them to some restaurant that I knew nothing about. That just looked fancy. Wow, I'm so much more serener in this situation. I do not give a shit about <laughs> any of that stuff. <laughs> I will quite have I a first date for me is like, let's go bowling. Like, yeah, that'll be fun. It's it's just more int that's mm, that's a really interesting thing because I feel that's why this scene has, has struck you, because you would do the same sort of thing. And I think because we're meant to like yeah. Dan in this moment, where everyone yeah. is supposed to relate to it. Dan, I don't like to use this phrase. Dan is being a girl. Um, <laughs> specifically, he's being a teen girl who, or an adolescent girl is probably a better um, phrase for it. He is putting so much effort into this date. He's doing all the things that he expects them to want. This is the whole, we talked about this, I think it was this last last podcast about Dan being a snag. Like he's yeah, the he sensitive, is. they've created this character to be this like, you know, early thousands sensitive guy, which shows that that he. <laughs> we're not talking about you, uh, like as in the TV series, not not you. The sure, okay. Pronoun. Uh, anyway, uh, where he is a sociopath. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, yeah, he's the sensitive new age guy. So, like, of course, he would care about the first date. Like, he's not going to be a okay. His Nate's first date, right, with Blair, hundred percent was like dinner and a movie. Oh, hundred percent, not nice dinner. I don't think it was a private movie, some fancy cinema. Yeah, most definitely. I don't think it was a private thing, but it was just kind of a Greek. Because I think. And Blair probably told him where to book and what movie to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Nate had no choice in it whatsoever. He was he was given directions and he followed them to the letter. Yeah. Chuck would plan a good first date. I don't know. Chuck would plan an interesting first date. Good depends on who yeah. he's going on the date with. I don't think Chuck's ever been on a date. To tell the truth, I think Chuck goes out to drink and he meets someone at a party and hooks up with them, mm -hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, do you want to see me next next month?" And he's like, just ghosts them entirely. 
He, like, he just burns the phone that he had on him that has then, like, it's like, yep, well, that's done. Just chucks it out the window of the limo as he drives away. So I feel that that's how Chuck um, goes people. Yeah. For now. Until once once Chuck, okay, let me rephrase that. When Chuck has character growth, I, I would very happily go on a first date by Chuck, which is... You know, if there is character growth. <laughs> if there is character growth. Spoilers. The money you get the feeling that Chuck's um Chuck's first dates would be extravagant. There would be a yes. lot of money's paid. But, yeah. Well I wanna I speaking but of they'd money, be like activities. There, there mm. would be activities. It would be like mountain oh. climbing. Not mountain climbing because it's Chuck. Yeah. But the equivalent of, of some <laughs> alcohol mountain climbing, I guess. He would hire out the crazy horse in Paris. Like he would fly you to Paris for a night, hire out the crazy horse all by itself for a private crazy horse show and then like dinner somewhere. Not the Eiffel Tower because that's too cliche. Some mm. other dinner in some little like hole-in-the-wall bistro in Paris and then fly you back. That's what Chuck Bass would do. Yeah, and just assume that there'll be sex to and from on the plane because it's Chuck Bass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Speaking of not great jokes, uh, as I've made, Dan is just off his game uh, this entire dinner, which again is, uh, that feels like a very first date thing for me, where you're just trying to, you're throwing out the jokes, Mm -hmm. you're seeing what sticks to the wall, you're hoping it works, and Sarita looks so bored. She's just like, yay, I get to do go to the place I always go to. She's feeling like as well that he doesn't really get her. Yeah, Like, she feels like, hang on. We've done all this other cool stuff. What makes you think that I'm, quote, unquote, like these other girls? She's not. Uh, who would like this? Because she's not. She's Serena's not. She's the not cool like girl. the other girls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those regular moms. I'm a cool mom. Uh, oh, she yeah. would be the cool mom, wouldn't and she? And even the fact that she seems to know the waiter as well. Oh, yeah. Like she seems, or at least like she knows how to converse very confidently about like the digger station. And then the fact that Dan like decides to have... Does he have the salad or does he pass on food entirely? Or he orders something. He orders He orders something and then um, I think she orders the lobster because, of course, she would. Like That's She, she right. just orders whatever the hell she yeah. wants. She's just like, yeah, cool. Uh, and then yeah. she makes an excuse to go to the bathroom. And I feel that she's probably texting Blair like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Like, this is the, the excuse to get out of the room for a moment. And as soon as she's gone, yeah. Dan asks the waiter, just how much does her meal cost? Because I'm just going to cancel all of mine and just have it come out yeah. at the side, like the entree come out. Yeah. And uh, call out a meal. Yeah. Because he is Amazing. poor. Yes. I don't know if we've established again, that, but he's we, poor. Have, yeah. But have you not done that as well, like when you're a student or when you've like, um, again, this is maybe showing the fact that I, I want to be upper class, but like I have gone to, uh, in Melbourne, there's a oh, Collins Street restaurant that's like super, uh, Vitamons, Vitamons, Adamons. Sure. Anyway. But, like, I can't afford to eat there. But if you go there at a certain time in the afternoon, you can have, like, a drink. And the drink, like, you know, a beer is, like, $18 or something, which is atrocious. Yeah. But, you know, you can then say you've been to Vitamont. Oh, yeah, I totally do that. So I've, I've yeah. done So I've I feel like Dan's, times. like, you know, he can still tick off the dinner. He's just, you know. Okay. It's better to have some of the experience and to say you've been there than to go without. Yeah. No, I, I track with that. That makes sense. It's something that doesn't get covered in RPGs much because economy isn't really something that people deal with. But the fact that Dan is our hero and our hero is very poor, as they keep reminding us, mm. is, mm. Um, well, I, I would like that in an RPG where you're just saying that you've got to go to the fancy restaurant and you send them in and they're like, cool, can I get a drink? And you're like, yeah, that'll be five gold. 
And they're like, but I've got, that's like half of everything I own. I, I, I don't know. But I believe you've played in campaigns where you don't have a lot of gold. I'm speaking of a mutual friend of ours who, from what I have heard, is that you do not get treasure, you do not get coin, and you are le- like left to live off like your copper pieces for weeks at a time. See, I love, I actually really enjoy that. I complain about not enough treasure. Oh, really? But it made this stru- like I was playing a wizard in this campaign and we just weren't getting any sort of gold, and it made no sense. For us to get yeah. gold in a lot of cases because we're like in the middle of a jungle. Yeah, right. It's like unless we find a treasure hoard. And then what are we going to spend the gold on? Okay. Honestly, if we're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I love that idea that players the, the characters should be struggling. Like it should be a challenge. Yeah. You should be having to take these dodgy jobs of going out and fighting monsters because no one who is comfortable would be doing that. Unless you've got like a <laughs> thrill seeker and someone who's like, no, no, I love adventure. That's what I do. It's like if you're yeah. do- adventuring for adventure's sake, that's fine. If you're adventuring for coin, which is what everyone kind of does, they should always be struggling. There should be massive taxes on adventurers because they're just finding these hordes of coin all the time. And I love it. It's that Spider-Man thing that he is always tight for money, that he has to make his own suits and he's got to get new web fluid and he's always kind of taking these odd jobs and doing all this weird stuff because it gives you more story opportunities. Like if you've got this constant motivation of i need money bad then you've got to go yeah "Yeah, i've got to go into that ogre den even though i'm a level one guy because i've got to i've really got to get the cash to pay for all this armor that i've got on loan from somebody and yeah that all sounds totally reasonable however (laughs) (laughs) counter argument counter argument Coin is great. Okay, you know what? I think, though, as well, I'm coming for this. The the characters I've played long-term have all been, like, bards or rogues, Mm. usually a combination of those two. Actually, I think in both instances, I'm thinking of a combination of those two. So I always seem to end up with a bit of a coffer anyway because I was always pilfering. I think both times I was party treasurer anyway, which never let your rogue be party treasurer. That's great. Guys, just never do it. It's the worst. Um, And then two, yeah, I was always, so I just always felt like I had money, which was nice. Mm. And I think I would have got real stroppy if I didn't because mm, I guess I would have changed my character choices maybe. I don't know. It's interesting that that's how you see bards and, and what you do. I always have a bard. Well, my bard character is always incredibly poor because he's with a troop of other performers. And he actually makes quite a bit of money doing the performance thing. Yeah. But we have like a little collection box. This is very Red Dead Redemption where everybody kind of puts money in and the, the place gets better the more money that goes in and this is how much it costs each day, that kind of stuff. He has a, yeah. a thing that he doesn't want to be seen as somebody with a lot of money. So he keeps 10% of what he makes and chucks the rest in the collection box and doesn't let anyone know that he put it in there. He's just like... Aww. Look, I don't care. I want to be seen as this, like, not decrepit, itinerant, like, layabout who's just playing music and going off and hooking up with people and drinking too much and dealing drugs. You don't want to sell out. Yeah, he's not a sellout. He just kind of, he helps out. And it's only when, like, people start to really go, dude, you need to pull your weight. He's like, oh, by the way, I just scammed this guy and I got a thousand gold and just drops a big sum into it. He's like, and that's why you keep me around. (laughs) <laughs> and because because he That's wants to have that look of I'm poor and I'm downtrodden and I'm I'm the hero and but he also wants to have yeah. that money is important and I really like him for yeah. that but it is that 
that low level feel to it. I feel that as you get to the higher yeah. levels and more money's coming in, it's like, well, you need the the cool weapons and you need the cool gear and Mm. suddenly the money's not the motivating factor anymore. It's the fact that the world is going to end if you don't go out and kill that monster. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, definitely once you get to the high levels, I think, yeah, there comes a point where money's a little bit obsolete. But I get, yeah, it's just a really fascinating, it's two very different approaches to wealth, right? And that's kind of what, like, that's what this show is doing as well. It's that whole class system of, again, I keep, we keep saying Dan and Jenny are poor when they're so clearly they're not. not, but like, it's meant to be that, dis, that you know, disproportionate I guess, thing what, between. What would you say? They're middle class? What do you mean, like, in the show? What are they meant to be in the show? Yeah. Or what do I actually think? They what are, are they meant to be in the show? In the show? Uh, yeah, I think they're meant to be like middle class, yeah. which is such a joke um not that there's anything wrong with gossip girl and i think that there's a deliberate choice as to why they have built them uh-huh, that way uh-huh. for the narrative Ooh. sake of the series oh wow the backpedaling wow but 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 um yeah for sure um i was gonna oh that's right i was gonna say this i think it's a more interesting conversation as well about like players right we talked about this yeah. i think as well previously like what you bring to the table from your own i obviously uh, for many, many years and, you know, Gossip Girl, Sex and the City, all these shows were my, like, go-to ideals as oh, I was yeah. growing up, thinking that money equals success, which equals, you know, happiness, which now in my grand old uh, adage of age I've realised is not the case. <laughs> uh, but I think that's the same thing, like, a lot of my characters, though, tend to bring as well because that's still obviously a deep, dark hole somewhere in my soul I haven't entirely mended. <laughs> but, yeah, my characters believe that wealth, therefore, equals success, therefore equals, mm. you know... I like to Happiness. I like to have a, a bit of a mix in mine, where as I said, I've got my bard who doesn't care about wealth at all. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, he actually his backstory is he comes from a quite a wealthy family, and that his whole like busker persona is like he's he's very aware. I cannot go back to that wealthy family. I burned that bridge very very heavily. Um, yeah, but this is my life, and I enjoy my life, and I don't want the money because I could get the money. It's like, well, yeah, I've, I've lived that life. I don't. Is your car- was your character's name Carter Basin? <laughs> he kind of, kind of was the Carter Basin, <laughs> to tell the truth. His <laughs> name, all right, his name was Dirk, or that's the name he gave people. Um, I'm, oh, amazing. His actual name is a bit of a secret, so I'm not going to say it on here in case I ever go Ooh. back to him because it's, okay. well, it's an Fair embarrassing enough. name. And he is like, no, no, I'm cool. I'm Dirk. Eugene. He actually went by Dirk Daring. Uh, for um, for to start with, then he realized people were making fun of him. So he's like, no, no, I'm just Dirk. And then, wait, you know what? I'm the Dirk. There's no other ones. It's just me. He's he's such a twat. I love him. Amazing. Uh, so, speaking of outfits and and kind of Bazon's yes. whole look, uh, we go back to the the um. What do we go to? We go to the sleepover. That's the word I'm looking for. Sleepover. The sleepover. And I assume this is a tradition mm-hmm. of sleepovers where you try on different clothes and you have a bit of a fashion montage, which, of course, if your yeah. mother is Eleanor Waldorf and makes all these clothes, you would have have that. So it's basically an excuse mm-hmm. for Taylor Momsen to be in a whole bunch of different dresses, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Which I think well, it's, it's some great cultural touchstones for when this episode came out because – Blair's saying, no, no, these are two such and such to this. Uh, and the ones that are yeah. used are Beyonce, Mary-Kate Olsen, and Hannah Montana. Mm. 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 
Yes. Look, I think this show is a time capsule for fashion. Super. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, because there are so many things that are quintessentially that like late zero zeros. I don't know what we call those timelines, early tens. Yeah. Uh, which I'm seeing get made of now. Again, I'm probably just slightly like, uh, I don't know, like triggered by this, but there's so many things on TikTok now with like, it's like things are getting ready to go out in 07. It's these girls taking on like mass, like foundation and putting on, and it's, it's, I was there. I lived that. And I just don't like the fact that my history is being poked fun at, I guess. Aww. Like we all made the mistake. Okay. It's not our fault. The kids today, I, I can't wait for 20 more years and the kids today somehow look back on their perfectly filtered, beautiful pictures of, you know, amazing outfits. <laughs> There'll be something you'll be embarrassed about. I don't know what it is yet. It'll be the masks that you wore or something like that. So they, <laughs> they go through all this. And now you can tell me whether this is accurate or not. They eventually settle on this. As the sleepover expert? I was going to say as the fashion expert. Uh, on oh, the, as a fashion expert. Yeah, oh, amazing. That they eventually, um, there's like a yellow strapless dress that Jenny ends up in. Yes. Um, this. Yes. I, I don't want to comment on Taylor Momsen's body. I feel that she doesn't quite fill out the dress. Well, she's a previous girl. Yeah. And, and like, it's... keep in mind, like, Eleanor, Eleanor doesn't design dresses for children. Like, Eleanor designs dresses for, like, young adults, maybe. Um, yeah. And these girls are still young. It's like, especially Taylor Momsen in this, like, or Jenny, I should say. Like, she is a child. So are we meant to think that this is a good look on her? Or is this part of Blair, like, trying to make her feel uncomfortable? Oh, that's a really good question. I think it's a power play, but like I said, I saw a lot of the whole Regina George, you know, kind of like taking Katie in and, you know, making it seem like they're friends when they're not. So I think this is all a power play. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a lot gonna, of... I thought I'm going to guess by like, I thought it looked cute, but... I, I don't know. I just was like, that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether it looked cute or not. It's like, I'm just like, that's, I guess... It is a dress that she's wearing. She doesn't look like she is, enjoys yeah, wearing it. So I It is a noun. Yeah. <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah. Uh and I'm I'm not gonna comment on really what I feel well, I yeah. she's fifteen. I'm like, sure. She is she yeah. is a child. Okay. Um yeah. which is a good point actually, because then there's a little bit of peer pressure, more power plays from Blair. As she and well yeah. done, Jenny. Well done, Jenny. She gets given a gin martini from from Blair. And she tries to play it off. No, no, I don't like vodka. I don't like vodka. It's, I just won't have it. And Blair has the great line of, uh, that's nice. It's gin, as it should be. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it should be. James Bond is the only person who drinks vodka martinis, and he shouldn't. Yeah. But is that as well? That's a very, like, because, no, I, I, again, I, like, when you think about as a teenager, and especially, like, you know, the drinks that are sold to teenage girls, they're all extremely sweet and, like, yeah. The idea being that you don't taste the booze in it. Gin is a very like as a as a thirty five year old, I still cannot stomach gin. Like I cannot take the taste of you gin are the because only it is still one. too like. <laughs> I do you have the palate of an eight year old? I've been told many times. Um, but like that's yeah, the fact that they're drinking that as well is clearly like their mums have probably been giving them gin since they were oh yeah for sure younger yeah to get them adjusted to the taste of gin. I don't know. I don't think Blair drinks. I feel that she sips, she has one cocktail and she nurses it all night, but she oh. makes sure everyone else has a lot of cocktails because I feel that Ooh, Blair... That's a good observation. Blair, we see, like, have cocktails, but she is not a... She's either mm. very mean drunk or she is not a sloppy drunk at all. And I feel that you, when you're 16 years old, you're kind oh. of always a sloppy drunk. 
uh, based mm-hmm. or or you're a lightweight <laughs> and yeah so yeah but it is it yeah. does feel like a very much oh no alcohol underage drinking bad it's like we're from australia mate yeah. this just happens like we're used to it <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really interesting pickup though that honestly i even missed that the fact that blair doesn't actually really drink that's that whole control thing as well right i don't know whether she doesn't drink but we're not if she does drink, it doesn't affect her as much. But she's I that feel player, that she doesn't. She's that PC in your party. Everyone else is like, yeah, drinks all around. There's that one PC who's always like, no, I'm not drinking anything. There's always one. Yeah, or, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just get a water. Be like, yeah. But look like I'm yeah. dr- Or I'll get a beer and I just hold the beer. I don't drink it. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. That's what who she is. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, Good pick. Think, think, I just feel that Blair is is that controller. She doesn't want to to be mm. a sloppy drunk because that would make her lose. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with Blair, uh, which also yeah. makes it interesting no, that yeah. her, she her next suggestion is truth or dare, mm. um, which kind of makes it... Well, Jenny's stoked about truth or dare. Yeah. Uh, until yeah. she discovers... Classic sleepover game. Until she discovers the way that Blair plays, uh, which is apparently mm. just two girls making out. And Okay, again... Yeah. Not my experience at at um at sleepovers because I didn't go to these sort of sleepovers. But truth or dare feels like it's one of those games that probably ends up like that. I mean, you don't have to speak from your experience. Maybe certainly pop culture is like. No, if I mean is... I would hypothesize. But there's no boys at this sleepover either. I feel like that happens more when you think of like uh, co-ed parties. Like I'm trying to think. I can picture the movie in my head, but I can't see the title it's yeah i think more co-ed party okay yeah that maybe i also like i i i didn't have a lot of sleepovers <laughs> as a child so maybe you have lied maybe, about your credentials like, in regards to sleepovers <laughs> i feel that i have been I misled think I've had more sleepovers as a fully fledged adult i have more sleepovers as an adult um then i have definitely as a child okay. for sure okay but uh maybe we it's, play different games maybe it's just because i was watching these teen shows around the same period that this show was coming out i wasn't really watching and mm. this is kind of the the moment when a lot of these shows were pushing these boundaries that you would have yeah. a truth or dare game and it was the salacious oh my god two women are kissing but we can't have two men kissing because yeah. that would be that would be bad and wrong and we know that That's we need to line. get teen boys yeah to watch this show too. Uh, and that's a, yeah. despite the fact that Nate and Chuck clearly do that. Um, Would this, <laughs> cause this is, I was just saying, this is around the like era of like Tartu. Yeah. Do you remember Tartu? Yeah. All the things you said. Yeah. 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 This is all that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, there was something else around this era too. Yeah. No, there was that. this show yeah, called absolutely. the OC that had Marissa Cooper dating oh, uh, Olivia Wilde, if I remember correctly. Uh, like, Wow, they were dating yeah, I, in this show. They were. It was like a full-on queer Amazing. relationship. And is it like a cooking show, the OJ? Was it, <laughs> is it like based around... Is it like a, <laughs> like a healthy eating? Uh, you got me on that one. Sounds really interesting. I feel like I should check it out. It sounds really interesting. So, yeah, I think what we're, we're saying is that there were a number of shows around this point that kind of pushed yes. the envelopers. It was never really main characters. Uh, it was kind of yeah. these side characters, but it did 
it did get the censors mad and it got parent groups mad and homophobes mad. For, which, meant more views. which meant more views and more publicity. So that's kind of what they yeah. did. So we get a Rufus plotline uh, happening here as well. Mm. Uh, as he looks at the check, uh, as he as he uh, closes up the gallery and uh, actually here, this is where we learn that, um, that the mother's name is Alison. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's because oh, he's about cool. to call her and that's what the number is in her fo- his phone or whether we see it on the check. Uh, cause I didn't care that much. I've just got a yeah. note saying is Dan's mom's name, Alison. So clearly I assumed it was. Uh, and when he calls her, yeah. a guy answers and he's like, cool, hang up. Uh, Mm. tries again mm. same guy mm. and he's like uh maybe i've got the wrong number but i'm pretty certain i've got the right number he's like oh yeah yeah allison's in the um in the shower shower uh mm. who's calling he's like yeah i'm i'm rufus her husband uh dun, dun, dun. and he's like so so who's this answering the phone he's like oh i'm i'm a friend it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. classic um, Classic. And I inside check. <laughs> this is the most petty thing we've seen Rufus do, <laughs> because he he calls back. He finds out that Alexander is just a friend, and he's like, "Yeah, cool. Can you get Allison for me?" I was like, "Here's Allison. I'll put her on." And as soon as she's like, "Hello, who is this?" He just hangs up. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! Like I, yeah, I understand that he is hurt. When your heart's been broken. But yeah, he could have hung up before that. He could have hung up when he, Alexander was like, "Oh, I'm just a." Yeah, but on hearing on hearing her voice, <sighs> it suddenly just a wave of emotion overcame poor Rufus, and he couldn't possibly continue that conversation. I suppose this is also before without saying something he might regret. This is also before um, caller ID. So she doesn't actually know who it is, so she can't just call back immediately and be like, Rufus, what the fuck, man? Oh, yeah, because it's a landline. Yeah. He calls, isn't it a, yeah, land, he calls it's a, a landline? landline. That's why yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why are you answering this person's phone? Are you in this house? That's right. Uh, so, yeah, poor, poor Rufus. That's sad. Um, and so we go back to the date uh, for, for Dan mm. and Serena. Uh, and, oh, yeah. speaking of, of emasculating moments for the Humphreys guys... <laughs> Uh, Dan, <laughs> Serena points out, like, are you gonna, are you actually gonna just eat that little salad you had earlier? It's like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't want dessert. Uh, we're not gonna worry about dessert. Please don't let her want dessert. And <laughs> and he calls for the check. And I love that the waiter just kind of looks to Serena, just like, um, and Serena has to admit, I already paid. Yeah. I did that when we went to, I went to the yeah. bathroom. I just kind of gave them my credit card. Yeah. Uh, Which is so nice. It is really nice. So nice. And Dan takes it the wrong way, the entire wrong way. He's like, oh, did I do something wrong? Are you offended by by this place? It's like, dude, dude, she's done something nice for you, whether or not, whether or not you see, well, whether Mm. or not it's um, out of pity or whether it's because she just wanted to go, well, I'll pay for dinner. It's fine. It's like, she's done a nice thing. Don't get upset about it, you (laughs) there's a lot of names i want to call dan here because he yeah he's a insecure little boy yeah for someone who's been like you strung along as a snag this whole time he suddenly does i think emasculate is the right point because i think that's it because in his head he's been like the man who has the money to take her to the restaurant Mm. to have the date and now she's gone and kind of 
like not messed up his plans, but just thrown that whole plan out of place. He is having cognitive um, dissonance where he had ooh, a fancy. I know I'm a fancy boy. Um, he had something in mind of how everything was going to occur and how it was all going to play out. And Serena has injected a dose of reality into that, saying things don't always go according to plan and what you want to happen may not necessarily be what needs to happen. Uh, and they actually communicate about it and talk about you know, mm. what she was expecting out of this date and what he was expecting out of this date. That, mm. that she wanted to be on the date with him, not the date he thought she wanted. So yeah, well done. Which this is what's really fascinating about this scene. I can see why you really like it. It's a great moment of them actually communicating and being honest with each other, which you don't often see in first dates. And normally, this would be the entire episode. Like you look at sitcoms and things like that. Like if it was a sitcom plot, the entire episode would have been this date of them finally realizing at the end, oh, we could have just gone and got hot dogs, and it would have been great. We're barely yeah. 20 minutes in. Yeah. Like, this is worrying for everyone listening to this podcast that we've been recording for over an hour <laughs> and we're barely 20 minutes into the episode. It's all the content, though, guys. I'm sure you'll agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, it's all the content. That we're not at the climax. This isn't the revelation or the realisation for the characters. This isn't the full arc. There's going to be more to come. And we're like, oh, wow. Yeah. What's coming next? Yeah. Are they going to have? Are we going to get to see the awesome date? Yeah, uh, but th- this is the this is the part of the trope that I love is the and this happens a lot of other things where it's like boy does thing for girl that they think girl likes, but girl really wants what boy likes, and they're trying to be each other's things when really you know what they need to be, Jeremy? They just need to be themselves. They just need to be themselves, and then they will just fall in love. And, you know, have a very happy young romance <laughs> until, you know, they get. <laughs> until reality sets in. This no, is, I'm still living my teenage dream. I, I am fine with teenage dreams I'm living proof. I'm fi- I feel that it is still um, representing an impossible ideal for teenagers. That if you have a shitty date, you have to then suddenly communicate about it and go, well, but then we could have a good date and what we really wanted. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you just have a shitty date and it doesn't work. And you can then go, well, that didn't go so well. Maybe we're just on different wavelengths and we're not going to worry about it at all. So Dan and Serena decide, you know what? Let's have a real date. Let's have a proper date. And they they leave. I would have liked it more if they'd like died and ditched and got out of there without paying at all because that would have been a little bit more Brooklyn. But you know you can't you can't have everything. Yeah, but Serena's got she's going to have she's going to be back there in two days' time anyway for their That's just true. not a special dinner just for like their regular Thursday dinner when Lily doesn't feel like cooking, which is always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am Lily. <laughs> you started to realize that you don't relate to Serena as much as you relate to Lily. Oh, I never related to Serena. I, I have, there's never once watching this show where I that, then thought, oh, maybe I could be a Serena. I am, I am not a Serena. That's true. In, you are very much a Blair. Anyway, sure. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I say I that. It, it sounded a little like there was a bit of derision in my voice there. No, no, there was not. I, I fully, I'm very much on, on the, on team Blair. Uh, and we yeah. go back to Blair's uh, penthouse 
where the sleepover mm-hmm. and the truth or dare game in full swing. It hasn't gone into a lesbian orgy, which seemed like the way it was going just from the kissing earlier on. Uh, it is still a bit risque because uh, one of the girls that we saw earlier, who we didn't get a name for, has managed mm-hmm. to steal the doorman's uniform somehow and is wearing it back into the penthouse. Yes. And which, you know what? Impressive. Well done. Um, yeah. I'm a bit yeah. concerned that uh, Dorman gave you his uniform. I suspect it's a little bit more of, here is some money. I would like your clothes. Mm. And he's like, sure, I've got a spare in the cupboard, so that's all fine. Yeah. Yeah, these kids do this to me every weekend. Oh, playing Truth or yeah. Dare again? Yeah. I'll take that 500 bucks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there's a number of them in this apartment building. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jenny gets a text from Eric, which is just a kind of what Serena probably, I would have been surprised if it was a Serena text just saying, I'm so bored, I'm still stuck in this place uh, during dinner. But Blair grabs it first um, mm. and dismisses everybody else and goes, I have a dare for you, Raggedy. I've got some, the one that you have to take because you picked truth She so affectionately time. refers to Jenny as. She should. It's a better name than Little J. I keep saying, where's the big J? Who's the big J? Anyway, <laughs> and <laughs> that she says to to Jenny, this is the dare that she gives her, you have to go and break Eric out of this institute. Yeah. Which is kind of like a dun-dun moment um, yeah. for the show. I'm like, this is, this is a good thing. We want Eric out of yeah. the institute. Why are you yeah. treating it like this is going to be bad for Jenny? like it's going to be hard yes but if she gets busted Mm. it's not like oh no you tried to see your friend and weren't able to it's like this is yeah this is not tough blair you come up come up with something better i honestly just think she wanted to go see eric like blair's like oh eric's in a shit situation i'm gonna go help him out oh for sure we saw that in the ivy league episode that she clearly once she worked out what had happened um, and when he came to speak to her, she was, you know, truly, I believe one of the few times we've seen her be truly apologetic. Yeah. And truly remorseful. This is probably why we see her, well, she goes and helps. Yes. In the, in, in the breakout scene. Uh, oh again, gosh. stolen directly from the OC. I mean, what? Uh, that she's, I, I can see Meek's expression of, I've never heard of this place, but this show before, what is this, this magical OC place you're talking about? <laughs> that, that Blair is a distraction where she's pretending to check herself in, that she's incredibly drunk and. Okay, I have a problem. I have a big problem. Starts with the capital RX. <laughs> what drugs have you been taking? Mm, caffeine, nicotine. Ketamine, GHB, PCP, LSD, diazepam, lorazepam, all the PAMs, really. No, I don't discriminate. Apparently not. Code yellow, floor six. You see, you see Eleanor. You can just see, like, she's seen her mother in this, like, state before and she's doing some, like, acting. She's like, I've been here. I don't know. I don't think she has. I think she's playing up, like, the Paris Hilton the the de- the, oh. the um, dilettante uh, wild girl. She's playing up Serena is what she's being. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because she's got the lipstick schmear. Yeah, because I don't think, like she does. She's 
she is that that dilettante, the the young young wealthy person. Basically, all of her friends who she's seen mm. on this is what she thinks a sloppy drunk looks like because Blair, like we I was saying earlier, does not get this yeah, drunk. yeah, 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 for sure. They they managed to sneak out. It's like well done. It seemed very easy. Uh, to tell the truth, it didn't seem like a problem at all. Yeah. Well done on Blair for coming up with this incredibly difficult dare for for Jenny to easily overcome, even if she did have a bit of help. Uh, and I love that we then cut to Lily just kind of lying around in her slip, her, her lingerie or her negligee. Uh, this is apparently how she spends a Saturday night when the kids are out. Like, there's a very yeah. good reason why she's like, yeah, I don't really want Eric home tonight. I'm just going to just hang out and be me. It's like kids are yeah. around over a problem. Uh, I think she's reading. I can't remember. Either way, she gets a call, which is, oh, by the way, your son has escaped from our care. That's um, always yeah. a good sign to get. Yeah. Uh, and I believe the description she gets from the nurse, uh, or she gets the description like, a blonde girl came and got her. yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That's his sister. So immediately yes. blames Serena. But it isn't. No. But it was. Isn't. To be fair, she hasn't seen Jenny. And this is possibly some foreshadowing of like, oh, there are now two blonde women. <gasps> you can Ooh. only ever have one blonde woman in a scene yeah. at a time. I, but this is where the, this is almost a Shakespearean thing that if you put on a different hat, people just assume that you're uh, the, the person who was wearing that hat previously. So the oh. whole the whole blonde blonde woman, like, yeah, of course that's going to be Serena. Who else would it be? And again, in a Shakespearean yeah. twist, when Lily goes to call Serena and be like, where the hell are you? What have you done? Why are you breaking your brother out of, out of um, asylum jail, um, out of the Institute, out of the Austria yeah. Institute? Her phone rings and Lily hears it because it was in the bag that Lily made her swap. So suddenly Serena's mm. out of touch and can't contact. And that's on like that swap around that. Who's got the, yeah, I, I like that little, little bit because at the time when she gave the bag over, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like a little fashion line. And now it's coming back yeah. and it's got a, a because, reason. And isn't that clever? Isn't no, that clever script no, writing? I know, that is I know where you're going. Me, no. Because I feel like people who write this show and put this together, they put those little tidbits in there, like you said, about the Shakespearean references and the phone in the bag, because it's just just such a beautifully written piece that we are getting to deconstruct here. What do you think the the type of date that Dan would have taken, well, that Serena wants to actually be taken on would be? Oh, she wants, like, the true Brooklyn experience. She wants, like, sitting on a milk crate at some, like, kind of dive bar, you know, with, like, bar snacks. She wants, I think, yeah, she would have loved the Vespa or even, like, a walk, just, like, walking maybe across the bridge. Uh, what other things that do rich people think that are cool? Uh, milk crates is the only one that keeps coming. I'm trying to imagine, like, yeah, milk crates Roy, right? I, I, Fitzroy. I'm Fitzroy. Oh, Mason Jars. Mason, Mason jars. jars, yes, yes. Yeah. Diner, maybe like uh, a little, ooh, um, like a craft beer. Yeah, yeah. craft beer. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that tracks. Yeah, I can see a little uh, craft or, beer. Or like a um, a small distillery, like a uh, a gin distillery. Uh, like a, mm, maybe not gin. I think it'd have to be like a dark spirit, like a whiskey or a you know, because she's not like the other girls. Yeah, yeah. She's, she loves, she, she'd drink like whiskey. Um, uh, she'd but I imagine something for like sure. 
Yeah, to- totally. Oh, the, those Scotch but, like, shows, the, Melbourne the, the Chuck Pass. Like, Heartbreaker, maybe? <laughs> okay. Like, Dive okay. Bar. Okay, and that kind of tracks with where Dan's taken her. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure yeah. whether it's a, a bar or a pool hall. Uh, yeah. Which, either way, they're playing pool, and mm. Dan is, it seems like he's kind of hustling. Again, classic trope. Classic oh, yeah. trope. Yeah. Ugh. This mini golf, uh, pottery classes. Well, we don't get uh, that yet. We at the moment, it's just like he's paying her back. Like he's he's hustled someone. They're playing for yeah. money, and he's beaten someone. And then Serena's like, "Well, you know what? You and me, let's go." And this would have been yeah. a really cool trope that the the rich girl knows how to play pool, or is really good at poker. Mm. Or something like that. Yeah. But we're, we're just seeing where they're at at this stage. Because I, f- I know what yeah. you're, what trope you're talking about, and it's a couple of scenes, and I want to talk about it then. Because we we got to get through more of this Lily and Rufus storyline and yes. other stuff too. Um, essentially, Lily calls Rufus and is like, I need Dan's number because he's on a date with my daughter and Eric is missing um, from a place where I definitely put him and he wants to be. Uh, his room. It's like um, he's just he's just not in his room. <laughs> and Rufus like uh, he's probably outside. Get over yourself and hangs up on her. Yeah. And Rufus just hanging up on on women he slept with tonight. That's uh, what yeah. he's doing. Amazing. He's on a roll. Well, well done, Rufus. Yeah. Uh, so then, before we get back to the date, we get to Blair and Jenny's date. Uh, where they've headed mm-hmm. out to a club called Viscon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very French. I, I like that Eric and Jenny are stoked to be in a club at all, which feels yeah. very 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, wow. I yeah. think Eric's just pleased to be outside, honestly. Yeah, that too. But this would be Jenny's, I get the feeling this is Jenny's first, like very, very, very first nightclub experience. Yeah. Yeah, that that tra- well is it even a nightclub because there seems to be a lot of booths and tables. It feels like a restaurant with a dance floor. Nightclub. Okay. Like a, I don't think we. I think well from what I've seen, like I don't feel like we really have like a like more like a cocktail lounge maybe like okay. uh, trying to think that, of a local example, but yeah. No, I think a cocktail lounge is right because there is a lot of yeah. upper there, there's, there's dim the soup, lights. Yeah, there's dim lights. There's soup boys, that kind of thing. One of the mm. soup boys is hitting on mm. Blair. Uh, and she has her great, her great, sh- great, great response of shooting someone down, which is um, my answer is usually never say never, but for you I'll make an exception. <laughs> it's like you know what, I'm on board with that. This reminds me. I'm yeah. just watching um, Unsleeping City, and Sophia in her first instance mm. um, has has some trolls hit on her and one of them says, Hey, do you like reading? Then you can read my dick. And she goes, I don't read short stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so good. That's when like so you mic drop and people cheer and a barber was there and yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's All those great. things we wish we could be. That's the true fantasy. Yeah. All and the witty quips we wish we had. I, I just love Blair in that moment. It's fantastic. Uh, and Jenny yeah. decides to get her own back. She's like, oh, I've, I've got a dare for you, Blair, uh, which rhymes, which she didn't point out, but I am. Uh, and her Bla- her dare for Blair is to go back and kiss that guy that she just shot down and mean it. 
which I don't think you can actually do if you don't particularly like the person, but apparently in this instance means just sticking your tongue down his throat. So, mm. sure. Yeah. Um, he He's quite stoked about that. I love that she's just like, not even going to hesitate. Yeah, I got this. This is fucking easy. Yeah. Come up with something yeah. harder, little Jay. Yeah. Uh, and steals the guy's phone. Yeah. <laughs> Which ni- nicely done. Apparently nice she's got some. Nice hand check there, Blair. Yeah, she's got some fast hands on her. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. And goes straight back to Jenny and is like, cool, I got a dare for you. Call that guy's girlfriend. <laughs> like he, he mentioned uh, he had a girlfriend. We know her name. Yeah. Call her up. Yeah, let's ruin some lives, little Jay. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, when she does too. Oh, it's fucking brutal what she does. Yeah. Well, I'm not oh. telling her. <laughs> Look at I go. <laughs> I dare you to call his girlfriend. Her name's Amanda. Son and Zen. Hello? Amanda? Hi, this is Blit. Claire. <laughs> Yeah, I just had my tongue down your boyfriend's throat and he neglected to tell me you existed until after it was over. Just thought you should know. He's a real cat. Bye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she calls her up and is just like, oh yeah, I've, I, you should know that your guy's like kissing some girl. Um, oh, k- kissing me, I think she said. Uh, my name's Blair Waldorf. Or... Yeah. It helps if I actually remember the, the line, but <laughs> you know, you guys um, all heard it. You know what it was. Yeah. And so, yeah, Jenny, hmm, not not liking this new Jenny. She's um, off the rails. She's just, you know, we've all been there. I'm sure, you know, teenage years, Jeremy went out and did some prank calls to ruin other people's relationships after making out with them in a nightclub on a dare. I didn't so much do that as a teen, and it wasn't so much um, making prank calls to ruin relationships. It was prank calls to... Like, is your refrigerator running? Well, you should go and catch it then. Um, and signing people up for, like, better blocks and, like, those knives that you could get that could cut through anything. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I got in trouble for that one. <laughs> that, nice. was, that was fun. Nice. Yeah, no one should have allowed me a phone book at, at nine years old. That was a bad idea. <laughs> so now um, that we've... Just for our younger view, I think I feel like we just did our, for our younger view the phone book was what we would use if we needed to find someone's details before there was internet. We would yeah, get out this large yellow book or white and book. flick through it. Or true, or white book. Or the, and people were and if you wanted there. to, Yeah. And if you wanted to prank call people, you could look at people's names because they were all listed. And if you found someone with a funny name, like, you know. Um, Jim Butts. Oh, great. Yeah. I am Butts. You could yeah. call them and just laugh at them and then you would hang up. And this yeah. was also usually before one eight hundred. No, what was it used to be one eight hundred reverse when you used to be able to call numbers back. Yeah, before that caller ID. The pranking life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you didn't really miss that much, honestly. It was, um, it was mean <laughs> and dumb, and it was something the children did. So, because yeah. we didn't have the internet. That's true. We, we weren't we weren't doing TikTok dances and putting towels on our head, uh, to like you know do one on one skits. Right, right. That's. Something Do you like because they put towels to I, show that they're like? No, no, no. I I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure that's something that happens. <laughs> if you yeah, understand TikTok, you show... I do not. I do because I'm young. Yes. Um... <laughs> this is why you're on the podcast uh-huh. to explain these things to an older person like myself. 
And speaking of explaining oh things, we get to yes. see the scene that we were talking about earlier. We jump back to Dan and Serena's date where she is very mm. bad at pool. Yes. Uh, and he gets to do what you were mentioning earlier or you were going yes. to because I saw where you were going yes. with that. With the classic trope of mm-hmm. boy stands behind, or girl stands behind boy or girl stands behind girl, whoever, however you want to do it. But the classic like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Uh, and then they do the whole sitting behind showing them how to like use a pool cue or like, you know, hit a golf club or uh, do pottery a la ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've mm-hmm. all done that. We've all acted dumb. You know, that you didn't know something. Katie Harron pretending she doesn't know wait, maths. Wait, acted. This was act. I didn't. I Okay. I hate this trope in, in media. I see why it's done. Um, yeah. But it, it's so bland and boring and or everyone uses it. So it's like it's overused. Yeah. I have done this trope. I have been yeah. the, the person teaching. I did not realize they were acting. I did not realize that they were. <laughs> they did not know. Well, I'm sure. Not it works. It's time. fucking hot. It's great. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, let's just get some physical contact without getting physical contact. You know, it's like just testing the waters. And, uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a revelation for, for Jeremy on this <laughs> this episode. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so they, this is a good date for them. Like Serena's yeah. songs playing on the jukebox, and I don't think Dan was the one. Oh no, sorry, Serena's already paid for the song, so it's obviously one of her favorites, and they're nice and intimate yeah. because of the aforementioned yeah. reaching. A, it's it's kind of the the non sexual reach around. Yeah, great. I wanted to say something about stroking something before, and then I realized I couldn't put a word, but but that's exactly right. If you just preface it with the like, yeah, non sexual version, stroking. Uh, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is then interrupted. Because Dan's phone's ringing. Uh, which, God damn it. Always interrupted. Yeah. Cock when will they phones. get a break? Yeah, probably in a few episodes. <laughs> or at least episode five. <laughs> They've got to get together sometimes. Will they, won't they is going to be boring if it goes on for too many seasons. Either way, uh, Rufus is calling. And yes. Dan says, yeah, Serena's here. Why wouldn't she be? We're having a, da- a date. Uh, and decides, nope, there's got to be a change of plans. We've got to, we've got to go somewhere else uh, because you've yeah. got to call your brother. He's escaped. Yeah. Uh, which Dan doing his little hero thing as usual. Yeah. Dan to the rescue. Yeah. Super Dan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think Rufus might need rescuing at the moment because Lily shows up at the loft and she is furious. Because Rufus was a yeah. very rude son of a bitch and hung up on her when she was legitimately worried about her son. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I I don't care, Rufus. You're going to give me your son's number right now so I can call yeah. him. She's a good angry white woman. She does. She Well, it's yeah. fair. She's, she's worried yeah. for her son. I mean, she doesn't... Yeah. She's keeping him prisoner, but also, you know, he's out in New York by himself. Rufus he's doesn't only, know this. This is true. I do like that Rufus is like, I, I literally just got off the phone with Dan. I did as you asked. He's he's out there looking for Serena, or he's there with Serena. Eric's not with them. Look, they're going to go find him. It's under control. Yeah. I'm not a horrible person. Um, yeah. And look, do you want to stay and drink with me? Because that's all we can kind of do at the moment. Uh, and Lily's like, oh, you could feed me. I'm not going to drink the shithouse bourbon that you're drinking because i have taste (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> and I love that she is so polite. She's like, I'm not going to drink that, but give me something to eat. And thank you for offering. <laughs> it's like this very yeah. cold, polite <laughs> nature of, I don't, yeah, it's, it's nice. I can see their little yeah. chemistry and dynamic going there. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Rufus starts his signature of cooking. Yeah. Rufus it's Rufus and food. language. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It really is, which is good. It Apparently, he should have been a chef, not a musician. I'd have been into that. Mm. But then again, no one cares about what um, chefs do after they retire from being chefs, which is, is sad. Uh, so Serena and Dan show up at Viscon. Uh, they have no idea where Eric or Jenny are. They can't spot them at all. I'm guessing Serena called Eric and found out that he was at uh, Viscon. Which mm. Or she feels... might know that that's where the, the party usually ends up. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Like the song party might be a traditional, I don't know, locale. Yeah. Because keep in mind as well, all these underage children have got into a venue somehow. Fake ideas. So, or money. And I don't imagine, oh, yeah, 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 I reckon money. I reckon money. Because I, I don't think Jenny would have a... A fake no, ID. she wouldn't have a fake idea. So it must be money. Well, she could be... have used Serena's fake one because they pretty much apparently look the same according to this show. So ah, but Serena, le- well, Serena must have her wallet with her because she paid for dinner. True. She yeah. Have a phone. Anyway, money. Way, Let's say money then. Yeah, money gets them in because uh, apparently Serena and and Dan can just wander in. Oh, it's you know what yeah. it probably is. It's probably an all ages club, which makes it even creepier that these suit guys are there, like a restaurant type club. Uh, but you get get alcohol you need to go up to the bar with an id oh maybe maybe we'll maybe, see but yeah yeah, yeah. super creeps is that a thing that exists in real life i don't know <laughs> certainly i know there are some cocktail bars i have been to them in new york where you just walk in there's no bouncer you just walk oh. in and sit down and there's like a menu and if you order food and you order drink, then I'm assuming they card you. I went there when I was in my 30s, so they didn't card me, but I assumed that they would if I looked underage. And this might be the case here, that if they've got yeah. a fake ID, whoever's ordering the drinks goes up. And it's not yeah. a great system. It may just be magic of television. Yeah, great. And Let's, speaking of- Again, like uh, this show is so well written. We don't need to you know, look at every good decision they've made and just and decipher it down because, you know, you don't want there to see are many how the bad decisions. The made. Like written into the character's choices for like narrative. That's, yes, sure. 100%. Sure. Yeah. And well, on the magic of television, uh, just as, mm. as um, Dan and Serena arrive, this is also when Amanda, the, the girlfriend of Suit Boy, arrives. Uh, grabs Serena is like, are you, are you Claire? Because Jenny's like, uh, yeah, I, he made out with a girl called Claire because that's similar to Blair enough that she can get away with it. And mm. then find, Amanda continues on, finds the um, the, the douche boyfriend, uh, is yeah. very mad. And he's like, um, what are you even doing here? How do you even know I'm here or what's happened? Goes over to Blair, because obviously she would have been the one that called him, and goes, mm. why did you take my phone? Uh, and hey, props to Dan. When this guy's mm. all up in Blair's face, Dan steps in and is like, how about you don't threaten this this teen girl or any girl or any woman, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. how about you step the fuck off? And yeah, yeah Dan doing his hero thing, but yeah. this is it's not just Jenny, is my point here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's look deep down. Dan is a good guy, a sociopath, but a great guy. Yeah, well, he wants to be the center of attention, and he wants to be a hero. 
Yeah. Uh, so obviously, if there's a, a problem, he's going to be the one that tries Dan to step in and get Dungeons to the middle. Dan would love Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, he would. He How would the so show much. hasn't touched on it, he would love it so much. <laughs> True. He here's the thing: he doesn't have any friends to play with. Ah, oh, he'd need to find some people that could put some professional games on for him, like people who've trained in the art, maybe that he could hire to run games for him. If That's only there was a service for that. If only. <laughs> wow, that is most the, the most shame. shame. Do we insert sh- do we insert shameless plug here? Um, Melbourne Dungeon Master. <laughs> That's the most shameless plug I have ever seen on a show. I'm leaving it in. Go to uh, Melbourne okay. D&D. Melbourne D&D. That sounds right. Go there. Order, Melbourne uh, Dungeon book, Master? Book, Don't go you... to that website. <laughs> is it Melbourne Dungeon Master? Right it is Melbourne. Go, go to Melbourne Dungeon Master and uh, book me and myself for a game that we can run if you really want us to hit. Yeah, if, if you, you want, want a three-hour game to go to six hours because of all the random yeah. shit we talk about, <laughs> yes. If you want to have combat suddenly stop where I start to explain Thaco to you and why you used to be able to have to like have different damages depending on how what size you were as well as like you were easier to hit, yeah, book me for a game. This is a th- I'm, I am I am fully serious. <laughs> this is yeah. something I will do. Back to the episode. The well, can't wait for the bookings to stream in. Go for it. <laughs> Blair does point out that it, you know what I don't need you, Dan. This guy's a, a tool. He was drooling over every girl. You don't know it was me. Uh, Amanda doesn't give a shit. Uh, Amanda goes for, for Blair and tries to take her down. And then Serena steps in. It's like, hey, well done, yeah. Serena. She's like, no, no, you don't mess with my friend. I'll, you have to go through me. Uh, so yeah. Serena's going to rumble. Yeah, damn straight she is. I'm surprised she doesn't pull a knife. <laughs> nah, Blair's got the knife. That's Serena true. would just go like hands. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to throw her hands. Uh, but it's all diffused, I guess, when um, when Jenny's like, no, 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 I called. I called. It wasn't Blair at all. It's not, not a problem. And it kind of all comes out about what's been going on and all the shenanigans uh, of uh, what's been happening. Um, so then the suit goes, oh, he leers at Jenny instead? Which, dude, dude, yeah. I feel it's being yeah. clearly indicated that all these people are underage about this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that means that the bouncers show up and decide to kick them out, which is about yeah. time, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only because they're causing a scene. Yeah, only because they're causing a scene, not because they're underage. And I love that Eric kind of shows up and is like, oh, hey, I'm here too. <laughs> Just in time yeah. to get thrown out with the others. Yeah. He feels like the DMPC. Like- he is. Well, yes. guess I'm getting out as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You guys want to break me out of jail? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because. Eric doesn't have much agency. He is very much an NPC in this this storyline. Uh, <laughs> so we go back to Lily and Rufus uh, as they're cooking together. I think they're making a salad. I'm not quite sure what's going on, what they're, they're making salad. there. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. Uh, and she does miss home-cooked meals. I don't believe she has ever made one in her life. Um, maybe yeah. when they were together, Rufus cooked back then oh for sure tracks. he did except for the first date where lily took a day off work to learn how to make sushi for rufus and then <laughs> never did it again <laughs> she learned from an uh, early point <laughs> ex- you, you, re- you really think that lily uh vander woodson worked <laughs> yeah true oh yeah she's actually she oh no she volunteers for the school it's like she works for the school yeah. but she doesn't she's on no, the like she's, council. she's a volunteer yeah 
Uh, yeah. So they, they talk about parenting and how tough it's been, particularly as, well, kind of single parents right now. And yeah. she does also reveal to him why it's such a big deal that Eric's gone, that he was in the Ostrov Centre, uh, and explains that he was there for a suicide attempt. And Rufus, you know what? He doesn't do his normal smarmy little flirty charisma thing. He's just, like, very serious hmm. and takes what she's saying on board. Well done, Rufus. Yeah. This is why we like him. Yeah. Uh, and That's he goes. He cares for Lily. He does. There's a connection you know? between them. They're, they've yeah. got history. And he goes to console her and probably would have made out with her had the phone not rung. Uh, it <gasps> seems to be just what happens at the Humphreys tonight. They go to make out with a blonde Vanderwoodson girl and and the phone rings. Yeah. Yeah. Always cock blocking. Uh, it's Dan calling this time to be like, yeah, we found him. It's all good. Uh, and Lily's like, cool. I'm going to just stay here and eat the food. We made the food. I'm going to eat the food. It's fine. They're going to come back. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bit more telling off that Serena tells Blair off and is like, "What? why did you do this? This is very bad of you to do. Uh, and Blair's like, "Um, why? Why is this bad? I got Eric out of a hospital. He didn't want to be here. This is awesome. This is what you would have done. Yeah. If you weren't off learning, faking how to play pool with your lover. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, this is what a big sister should be doing, damn it. Mm. Uh, and now he's got to go back, and this sucks. Why aren't you doing more? Uh, and Eric shoots over, and he's like, wow, wow, just yeah. push Blair in front of that bus. That's not cool. Yeah. Uh, Serena kind of apologizes to him, and they decide to to head home, or back to the, the Ostrov Center at least, which counts as home. Uh, and yeah. Well, in a mirror, Dan is telling Jenny off, which, fuck you, Dan. She can do what she wants. <laughs> uh, and he's also like, well, let's go home. She's like, um, no, I'm going with my friends. Why would I go home yeah. with you? I'm having fun. And this she's is- obviously had the approval of Rufus to go to said sleepover. Like, she's yeah. not committing any crimes by being there. She hasn't snuck out. No, well, she's being a bit of a jerk. Like this hmm. whole thing with the the dares and the hmm. oh, the breaking sure. relationships is um, not cool, but oh no, she can do whatever the hell she wants on her night off from yeah. the family and all. She is those free things. to make her own choices. She is not free from the consequence of her choices. That's true, and Dan, I mean Dan's the there to help her out, but yeah, yeah. she she's got to make her own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Dan's like. Well, she manages to convince him, you, we'll go back. I'll go back with my friends and you can just nick off. Yeah. Uh, and Serena's like, all right, well, I guess I guess the date's over. Sorry, Dan. He's like, no, no, I'll walk you guys back to the Ostrov Center. That's not a problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, great, Get great some fresh date. Air. It feels like every date for these two ends with their little siblings either tagging along or in some sort of danger. Which, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the night is not over for Blair and friends and Jenny uh, as they continue the game of truth or dare now on the streets of New York. And this can only end well. Yes. Uh, as they go to, well, the Eleanor's store, they go past mm-hmm. and Blair dares Jenny to steal a jacket from one of the mannequins in the window. Um, yeah. With the keys. She gives her the keys. Yeah, she gives her the keys. She's, she put her, she's not breaking in. Or she unlocks the door for her anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, and Jenny's 
not as on board with this one as the the others. She seems to be less on board with this than making out with another girl, which we saw earlier. <laughs> so I still think Blair's barking up the right well, tree there. Well, one of those things is illegal and one isn't. So, like, you know, That's I get true. it. That's true. That's true. I get it. That's as, true. As, you know, Jenny's lawful good side showing. Yeah. Uh, but she does go inside anyway. And I think Blair's, like, very slowly counting down. She's like, okay, now we wait for five, four, three. And it's like, oh, seriously? Uh, and then they just run off. And it's the moment they run off, the alarm goes off and Jenny realizes, oh, shit, I'm locked inside. Yeah. But I got a cool jacket. Yeah. yeah. And the siren's blaring. Yeah. Blaring. Hey, I like it. Hey. hey, I'd like to say that. I wish that was deliberate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, look, if you hadn't said that, we would have thought it was. It's fine. Editing is, a, editing is a wonderful thing. <laughs> so <laughs> post-meal, the Lily and Rufus date, because mm-hmm. it kind of is now. Ooh, is it a date, though? Because she's technically with, with old Burt Bass. Bert Bass? Is that what we're calling him Bart now? Bart Bass? Bart Bass. Bass. Yeah. Bart Bass. I don't know. I think it's a... F- well, it's not even a date, really. All right, fine. It's not a date. I mean... I think it's, a, I think a, it's a, a... Like a... Yeah. Look, I, there's definitely, like... You know, this, oh, oh, my gosh. Again, this is it. This is... So Rufus has given Lily the Brooklyn date that Serena wanted from Dan. Like, if Dan had just stayed home yeah. and, like, cooked a, a meal, Serena would have freaking, like, frothed over it. <gasps> yeah. This show is genius. You know what? I'll give you the that layers. one. The I'll layers. The layers. That it is essentially saying that if, yeah, if this tracks, then Dan and Serena will be in the right spot and actually understand each other once they're in their 30s. And that's yeah. kind of how growing up works. When you're a teenager, you do dumb shit, like do stupid dates and don't impress <laughs> you, the person you're trying to impress. Whereas... <laughs> When you're in your 30s, it kind of comes a lot more naturally because you've got that experience and you do yeah. have this history that they they talk about here that as mm. they're cleaning up, um, Lily notices a photo, the one photo we really see of Rufus from his Lincoln Hawk yeah. days um, that she actually took of him. Yeah. That this is why he still has it, that it's because it's her photo uh, and why we see yeah. it overall. And she sort of points out how well she knew him I think she talked, not a tattoo this time, but talks about, um, I think, one of the 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 jacuzzis or something on tour. There's definite insinuation that they were, yeah. Uh, they, they, yeah, like you said, they knew each other very well. And Rufus is like, well, well, he pretend, at first he pretends that he didn't remember those days as much, uh, but then he lets on that, no, no, he remembers them just as well as she does. And <laughs> they have a nice... Again, they have a nice moment. They've got a bit of chemistry going uh, until Allison calls uh, and Lily answers this time. Yeah. Nice uh, little bit of karma. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, th- well, Lily answers expecting that it's going to be Dan saying your son is, yes. is home. So she's got a, a good reason for answering the phone. Oh, yeah. It's not facetious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like that Rufus is like, oh, shit, it's Allison. I better take that. And Allison hangs up. It's like, yeah, fuck you, Rufus. That's what you get. That's what you get for hanging yeah. up on your wife. Yeah. 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 
But that's yeah. kind of, yeah, I think that's just setting us up for, you know, where Rufus and Allison are right now, which is, you it know, what, not a great place. Not well, a great place. Again, it's that miscommunication. Mm. That yeah, there's guys, obvious... just talk it out to everyone. Talk yeah. it out. They they really they really need to communicate better. So Lily leaves. She's like, ooh, the, the music in the here has changed from happy guitar to sad guitar, and I better keep moving uh, and go check on my son. <laughs> so... We see that uh, Jenny has now been picked up by the police. Uh, they've, uh, mm-hmm. they've released her from, from the Eleanor Waldorf store. Uh, and she has no ID because she's a 14-year-old. And why would yes. she be carrying ID around? Uh, so she yep. says, my name's Blair. I'm, I'm Blair Waldorf. This is my mother's store. Uh, and butter would not melt in her mouth. She's... Yeah. Um, and I do like that the cop... She does well on her deception check here. Yeah. Uh, she does very well on a persuasion check too because the cop being, well, I'm guessing it's either a cop or a security guard. I can't quite remember. I feel like a cop's a bit of an overkill for, for something like this. But it is also just on yeah. a regular street, so maybe it is. He's like, well, if you're Blair Waldorf and you don't have ID, how are you going to prove that you're you're the, who you say you are? And Jenny comes up with the reasoning, well, how did I get in without breaking in? I had the keys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Well done. She had advantage on that role. <laughs> or she'd done some fore planning and actually thought about how to get herself out of it before she broke in somewhere. It seems like she did have a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To come up with a. To come up with a good excuse and a way of getting out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Serena and Dan are walking home. And they get to bond over being big siblings and about how they always have to come to the rescue for one reason or another, usually what Dan does. Uh, and Dan is still super judgy about what um, what Jenny's been doing all evening. And you know what? Serena has her back, though. She does the big yeah. sister thing and is like, mm. you know what? Jenny's just trying to be friendly. She's going to school with people and wants to fit in and well done on her. Uh, and maybe yeah. if you were friendlier, you would have made out with me a lot sooner than you have because we haven't actually done that yet. Yeah. And then they do. Hey. What's your opinion of this kiss? Is it a good teen drama kiss? Look, it's it's not my favorite Gossip Girl kiss. I will say that much. Okay. But it's it's you know it's cute. It's outdoor. It's you know it's simple. I would have probably preferred they like waited till the perfect date and it was more like, you know, the whole package of perfection. But it's cute. It's cute. I don't know. It's not it's not the huge like culminative Yeah. Uh yeah. Kind it's of no, like it's situation. no Logan and Veronica from Veronica Mars. It's not as um and I don't think it's well, I think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be like the building up of this relationship, this little arc that they've got going. They're mm. they're leveling up their relationship, but also leveling up their characters. <laughs> They're reaching that point yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, and we got this thing and this is an achievement for them. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good kiss. Well done. I yeah, worry like, that yeah. they, they should have a bit more chemistry, which is a bit concerning because Penn Badgley and Blake Lively were dating at this point. And it's like, for, for two people who are actually hooking up off screen, you're not doing too much on screen. you got cute lines and back and forth, but how much is that of you and how much of that is the writing? Yeah. I mean, here's the question, though. Is this Dan's first kiss? We know it's not uh, Serena's. I'm going to go with no. 
I feel that he's kissed. You reckon Dan hooked up with other people before? I think he's at least. I'm not as convinced. I think he's kissed Cedric the Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah, that's quite possible. But in terms of human kiss, I think this could have very well wish it, like been Dan's. Which is why also it's like, should be, you know, momentous. Anything that starts with first human kiss is always a good phrasing. <laughs> but yeah, it sh- I feel it should have been momentous for what the show is trying to achieve with these two characters. Yeah. And it wasn't quite. Yeah. But then again, I think further down the line we'll see more momentous occasions. Exactly. Because what the writers have done in their genius of screenwriting no. this show, Jeremy, it's this no. thing where you're not what getting you do me onto this one. We're, ne- we're nearly at the end of the episode. <laughs> we're nearly there, Meek. And you're trying to you're trying to bring me into this argument again. No, no, not this time. I'm not going to take the bait. We're going to go back to okay. to poor Rufus playing his sad guitar okay. music, and Lily <laughs> goes to see Eric. And, well, she's come to a realisation. Rufus has helped her become a better parent and says, you know what, you can come home, uh, Eric. You can come and live in our our hotel, the hotel that made you want to kill yourself in the first place. Um, I'm not making light. This is literally what he said, why he did it. Yeah. So then, well, it's late at night now. Uh, everyone is asleep. Well, New York is a city that never sleeps, but um, most people are asleep. Certainly all the people in in Blair's sleepover are asleep, uh, except uh-huh. Jenny, who comes in, wakes Blair up just to return the keys to Eleanor Waldorf's uh, store and goes, yeah. Oh, and, and Blair goes, well done, little Jay. You can, you can have your bed now. Or possibly my bed. I'm not quite sure what the what the attitude or what the uh, dynamic here is right now. And Jenny goes, "No, fuck off. I'm going home." Yeah. Uh, and Blair's like, "And I'm can't... keeping the jacket." Yeah, I'm keeping the jacket. And Blair, for the first one, is like, "You can't leave. No one leaves a Waldorf sleepover. How? How? No one leaves unless I make them leave." Yeah, she's she's like, "I'm keeping the jacket, which is good on her." Yeah. Uh, but also yeah. shows a lot more backbone and is like. Keeping the jacket, but lunch? Yeah. Lunch? <laughs> I'll yeah. see you Monday. So, yeah. Power move. Power move by Su- Little J. Super power move. She should have just dropped the mic and left after that. Not mm. even just let Blair watch her leave. Yeah. Uh, this is a slow clap. Yeah. You know, that, that serenades her as she leaves. Yeah. And then we <laughs> fucking hell, this final shot of Serena and Dan making out in the street, not not mm. just on the sidewalk, in the no, street. No, but that's romantic, yeah. It is, it is. But then we have Gossip Girl's voiceover mm. of like, oh, wow, look, Serena has her heart stolen by Lonely Blonde. I'm like, get over it, Dan. She's not, <laughs> she's not smitten that much yet. She's just making out with you. Don't, just, just stop writing the wedding vows right now. <laughs> I think Dan, to Dan, this is a this is a success. I think Dan definitely thinks that after all of this, this is a successful date. And for I mean, his first kiss is. in the middle of a road. I mean, that's where I usually make out with people is just in the middle of the road. In New York, yeah. When you're in New yeah. York, that's what you do. Yeah. You get honked up by taxis and then you go, hey, I'm making out here. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that's how it works. Yeah, that's exactly, yep, spot on. Yeah. Perfect. 
So that on that, that high note, on that high note, that is where we will end the episode. Well, it's not where we'll end the episode. That's where the episode ends. That's the end. That's it. There's no more in Daredevil. We're okay, done with this episode. Thanks so much. It's been we awesome. Do- Have a great week. Oh wait, what? <laughs> There's more. We do more in this show. <laughs> and again, I just realized we didn't even talk about the fact that this is named after a Marvel movie uh, that's also yeah, set in sorry, New York, set in Hell's Kitchen. Stuff. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll remember next time. Look, it's, yeah, Daredevil. It's the Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner film. It's pretty good. It's got Kevin Smith as a side character. Um, Colin Farrell plays a bad guy. Uh, it's, it's a good movie. It's great. It had, um, I think it was Michael Clark Duncan playing the Kingpin, which doesn't often happen. Kingpin as a black character is always a good... Anyway, we're not doing Daredevil okay. right now. What we do right now is the same thing we do at the end of every episode of D&D and mm-hmm. TV, where we pick a character from the show that we just watched that we would make into a player character or NPC in our games. Uh, Meek, mm-hmm. I feel that you're going to have thoughts on this one, so I'm going to get you to go first. Okay. Okay. I I feel like this is repeating a little bit what I did. I think this was. So you're picking two people this time. No, no. Did I pick two people last time? I don't think so. You certainly. Well, you're picking Blair every single session. So. (laughs) I've been so good. I haven't picked Blair since. Uh, Although maybe no. Okay, no. I wanted to pick the waiter. That, oh yeah. Um, has the in with well oh, now now I'm thinking maybe actually I do want to pick Eric. No, I'm going to pick. The, I'm going to save Eric for for later. I'm, I'm holding yep. on to that. I'm going to abide by the rules of the podcast. Uh, no, but I just like I keep picking up NPCs. I guess because I'm saving all my player character mm-hmm. ones for when bigger things happen. Um, but just that way of having those you know characters that help you know push the plot a little bit forward or also that just comedic relief as well of like, you know, sometimes in a session when you've just gone through some pretty grim stuff, you just need something a little light or that little banter between you and the players to just like lighten the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to put them in their provide place. That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that's what I said about when I talked about the, um, uh, the like concierge that oh, we yeah, Dexter. De- yeah. I feel like it was the same thing, like that kind of sassiness. And I, it's not that I, I feel, I don't want people to think that I just sass my players nonstop, but you I liked though. how in this, like, no, you shouldn't. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, no, but I, I just like the fact of, yeah, having those kind of little, just slightly comedic NPCs that come in that aren't particular. They don't even have a name. They don't even have a thing. They just provide that like little respite within games. Um, I guess my other thing, can I, can I pick another, can I pick the NPC sure. trope of like, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, <laughs> the rules have gone out the window like three episodes ago. I was going to say the trope of uh, learning to play, <laughs> learning to play pool. Can I make that a character? <laughs> I don't think you can. I feel that we're going to get into this okay. in, another, in a future episode because okay. romance tropes are something you don't often see in, in RPGs, but this is a show that's very much about yeah. dating and relationships. So I think it's going to be something that yes. comes up in a future one for sure. Okay. Well then we'll say that because yeah, it's a, I think it's a super interesting conversation to have about, because I personally, right. I'm a hopeless romantic, hopeless romantic, love it. But the idea of having a D and D relationship terrifies mm. me. Mm-hmm. So we can unpack that another day. Great. Cool. And scene. Insane. Well, I I'm kind of regretting that I didn't pick the waiter because that was would normally have been my go-to. It didn't even occur to me, honestly, because um, I have gone for ragged McGurchin waffles. I'm picking uh, Jenny Humphrey. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going in her big, breakout. In her breakout. In her breakout episode. 
uh, where we actually start to see what she's what she might be made of. And this is kind of why I picked her because she's a younger character. Um, she's more like like younger characters. You're allowed to make more mistakes that you can do dumb shit that you can be like, yeah, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and just do whatever it is that I want to do because, well, as a player character, you're slightly more likely to survive um, when it comes to these things. But you've got the excuse of, I was just playing into the character. That, yeah, yeah, you've got reasons for doing the dumb stuff that characters or player characters do because you're a younger person uh, and you're learning through these mistakes. Um, but she does have this motivation as well that she's got the poverty that we mentioned earlier, that she's got the reason to try to, to fit in with these older characters, try to make her way in the world that she's got some skills. So she's got a little bit more depth that we know that she's really good at calligraphy, that we know that she's a good dress designer because we got one line about it and it just kind of a sewing machine a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, so she's got reasons for being in the the storylines that she is. Mm. Uh, But there's all this other stuff going on as well. I mean, there's stuff with her parents. There's stuff with Dan. She's got all these bonds and connections uh, that can Mm. be drawn on, these strings that can be pulled, to use the the Monster Hearts terminology that we will keep coming back to. Monster Hearts is going to be an an ongoing thing in this, as much as we just talk about D&D most of the time. And, well, I call her Raggedy McUrchin Waffles. She does. She's got the urchin background because they're poor that she does yeah. have this little bit of knowledge around her area, that she's got uh, some friends, she's got like her special things that are hers. And her sewing machine is a great example. This is yeah. hers. This is what she's going to mm. feel connected with. And it is a, a nice little item, a little bit of equipment for her for her character to, to hold on to. Uh, and there's a reason for her habit too. So, yeah, that's my pick for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank that's you a great for- pick. Thank you. Thank you. I am glad because I'm never going to pick her again. I feel that her whole mean girl aspect that she starts to get into in this episode is more of a foreshadow of things to come. I'm not sure whether Jenny is going to rise or fall, uh, as as Dan mentioned earlier, as his gossip girl persona. I suspect it's going to be a warning tale of the the evils that teens can have, uh, which is not great for for Jenny. So I'm glad I picked her now before all the bad stuff happens. Thank you for listening to this episode of D&D and TV. Tune in next week when we talk about uh, episode six, The Handmaiden's Tale. So have a watch of that episode before we record. Meek, I'm not talking to the audience here. I'm talking to Meek. (laughs) Have a listen to this. Have a watch of that episode. If you, as a listener, wants to watch that episode as well, that'd be great. You'll know what we're talking about Uh, because we don't. Yeah, (laughs) because we (laughs) don't. most of the time you can also leave us a review about how these episodes should be shorter and how you really like the parts where we talk about D because those so rarely happen uh leave us a review on apple podcasts uh on anywhere podcasts are found that give you reviews subscribing would be even better because they are released every week you can send me yeah. an email um if you want to you can shoot me messages on Twitter or Instagram, that's at DND and TVPOD, or you can chuck at gmail.com at the end of it, which will get me the email address. Uh, Meek is mm-hmm. also on Instagram, if you should check her out. I am. Cool. If you would like to get my sushi recipe that was extremely <gasps> unsuccessful, uh, hit me up at, at blushing underscore bard. Uh, Do you also have, I also have a recipe for engagement chicken? 
Oh, that sounds better. Yeah. Because I'd rather yeah, have successful recipes. Yeah, successful <laughs> engagement chicken. Like legit. Engagement chicken. We'll talk about that another day. Best yeah, recipe I w- ever. I want to hear about engagement chicken because that sounds really yeah. it feels like it's like it's a legit thing. It feels like it's like a sticky recipe because you're stuck into an engagement once it's made. Um, so yeah. thank you everyone again for listening and sticking with us. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> please be kind to yourselves, stay safe, and may all your hits be crits. Bye. <laughs>